0: Yo, what's up, Big T? What up? Getting it set up. Uh, Brother Jason won't be with us tonight. He uh, He's tuckered out.
1: Did y'all go down to Point today?
0: No. Uh, he stayed up near his house and uh, and uh, went out and handed out flyers for the, the home church that he's working at now. Well, look, hey, guys.
2: Look,
1: Oh, uh-huh. not gonna well, stop him! Just
2: saying, <laughs> good glorious day, man. I'm wiped out, but I have drank me some a couple of Gatorades, feeling a little bit rehydrated, so I'll jump on for a little bit with you guys tonight.
0: Yeah, I don't know how long I'll be able to run tonight, man. Uh, after that, uh, that retreat I went to, I had about probably two and a half, three hours of sleep on a crazy bunk bed, and. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was up top, so I was afraid I was gonna fall through. On dude, all night long,
2: <laughs>
0: dude. We were only about uh, eight minutes from your house, Jason. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome.
2: Uh, is it Tahoma? Is that it? Tacoma.
0: Is that where you? Tacoma.
2: Tacoma. Oh. Tacoma. Tacoma. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, we were right there in Tacoma. Awesome. Chico is a little little bitty town, but I mean, it, I, I I see some promise in it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, there's a I guess a Warhill uh, uh, church out that way. Oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, they have like a little camp, or uh, it's not really a campsite. It's they got bunk beds and stuff in there, but uh, that's where we was. I should have uh, I should have talked to y'all and, and come slept in y'all's driveway it had been more comfortable sleeping on that bunk bed i'll tell you that
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it didn't even have a ladder man and i was on the top bunk oh yeah run get a running run jump up, up oh yeah just board. climb up the the side of the bed hoping it didn't fall apart janky things <laughs> <laughs> it was <That's> terrible <laughs> The four dude that was uh, underneath me, the slats moved on his. He fell through. Some dude fell through uh, the bed onto the other guy in one of the other uh, uh, dorms that was in there. I was like, man, I'm glad that wasn't me because whoever's under me gets
2: squashed. Squashed. (laughs) They're going to feel the weight of his presence. They would.
0: Make my presence known.
2: But it's pretty good. It's a good day. So where's the mute button now? I don't. I don't what? Get on here. Top Maybe. middle top. It's up at the top.
0: Oh, it's up at the top. Yeah. Go hallelujah. Yeah. So they've changed some stuff up. It looks like. Oh uh, yeah, that's good. I'm gonna go ahead and open this up, Father. I thank you. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for the breath in our lungs and the beat in our heart, Father. I thank you for your word. And I ask you to come and reside with us. Reside with us as we study your word and as we learn your word and as we teach from your word, Father. And I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for bearing the cross, for bearing our sins. I thank you for shedding the blood of salvation that washes us clean. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for residing in this temple. And I give you every room of this temple to clean, clean every room, open every window and every door and and serve an eviction notice on any unclean spirit that may be residing here and just let that water flow that river of living water flow from us tonight as we we teach the word as we get into the gifts of the spirit as we get into speaking in tongues whatever you lead we'll follow and we love you so much in jesus name i pray amen uh so uh, jenny took the car and uh every one of my notes for the show is in there so I'm I'm running uh just off the hip. But I was wanting because uh you know Big T got baptized in the Holy Ghost last weekend. And then Travis, I guess you said you you were having trouble getting back into the spirit, praying in the spirit.
1: Yeah, I would uh you know try to exercise it and stuff like that and it would just feel like a uh, just wasn't wasn't happening.
0: Well, you know it's it's really a uh it's an act of faith. You know, it's not like you're putting a, a radio or a stereo in your, your mouth. And you know, the words are just coming out. You're not being possessed by a spirit that you're actually having to give it utterance. And it's uh, one of those things is, you know, you, you're not going to, to get a feeling of power. Every time that that happens, it's just something that you gotta, gotta step in. I'm sure Eric or Jason could tell you even more but that first initial the baptism of the holy spirit that's you know it affects everybody differently you know as you can ask joshua it, it landed on him so hard he had to pull over on the side of the road you know when i got baptized in the holy spirit i didn't feel anything i was i mean i floated in in a baptism pool but i didn't get anything but my prayer language
4: it was something.
1: powerful last weekend when I was with you and it was just like a a gift that he had given me at the right time for the right situation. It was like, I needed it for the protection and the guidance that he gave me because I was on a different path. I mean, Jason was on fire on the mic. I mean, he was just casting out demons and people and declaring the glory of God and the love that we were there to share. And that was the mission that I felt like I was on. I was just receptive to the spirit, to whatever God wanted to do. And it just, for me, it was, Hey, how are you doing today? You know, I love you. We yeah. spend some we'll just time talking.
5: That, you know,
0: he, he never takes a gift away. And that's um, <clears throat> where I wanted to get into was talking about once you get the the gift of speaking in tongues that, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, when you exercise that gift, that's where he he gives you the authority of all the other gifts. And uh, like I said, I don't have any in my notes here, which makes it kind of difficult to talk about it right now. Uh, but Jason or Eric or Joshua, y'all got anything y'all want to put in on that? Other than you just got to keep practicing it, dude. Just, it's an act of faith. Just by preaching it or, or speaking in tongues, you, uh, you're, you're stepping out into faith and saying that you trust the Holy Spirit is, is going to move while you give him utterance.
2: Yeah, I would encourage you that, you know, your prayer language gets progressive, you know, the more you get along with the Lord and pray, you know, what I'm saying the more you get a lot, you know, just when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, I got a few syllables, you know, I got like bokuta. and that's all I said was bokuta over and over and over, and over and over again. And, you know, and for me, man, uh, You know, uh, the enemy really came at me when I first got filled with the Spirit. That's you speaking those words. That's not, you know, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's you making it up. You're just mimicking people around you, yada, 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 yada. You know, and I stayed faithful to those few syllables, but I was still fighting that warfare in my mind at the same time. Each time I spoke those few syllables until about 3 a.m. one morning, I woke myself up praying in tongues. You know, and it was like, good Lord. It was like, a, uh, it was like a flood of, you know, just my prayer language being released. And I was like, dude, I knew right then, man, that the enemy could not convince me anymore or try to convince me anymore that that was just me making that stuff up. It was really the Holy Spirit. You know, it was really the, the Lord, you know, or, you know, the Holy Spirit praying, you know, sp- speaking through me, or, or you know, taking, you know, flow- flowing through me. And so, uh, so yeah, man, I just want to encourage you, you know, just stay faithful with the syllables that God gives you. You know, another thing too, man, is, you know, I had a dream once that I was walking in this library in heaven and I walked up to this big ch- this chair sitting in the middle of this room and I can see this guy's head sitting back of his head and I could see that the book was in his hand and I walked around the I walked around this chair I, just for some reason I knew that I was in the library in heaven and I was like dude this is crazy I just knew it within my dream but I walked around this chair this antique chair and there sat Smith Wittlesworth in the chair and he closed the book and he looked up at me he said, speaking in tongues is, sim- is, is uh, simple. So is the gospel. It's like saying your ABCs. And then I woke up from that dream, dude. I was like, all right, Lord, you got to give me scripture to back this up. Is there libraries in heaven? You know, and then um, the book of Psalms tells us that all my days, King David said, all my days are written or recorded in your book, Lord, that God's recorded every single day in his book and books and You know, I believe there's actually books in a library, in a room in a light, in like a library room in the heavenly realm that God has every single one of our lives, every single one of our days written. But I woke up out of that encounter with the Lord. And, you know, for like a week, man, you know, you shall enter into the kingdom of heaven like a child, like childlike faith. Right. Unless you become like a child, you shall by no means even enter into the kingdom. And so for like a week, man, I went around singing, uh, you know, my ABCs in English. But also the Lord showed me how to pray or gave me insight into praying my ABCs. I would start my tongues out with And I would just begin to... F- that way, man, just practicing the Holy Ghost, man. But it was like the the Lord just really broadened my prayer language open, good, and man. I know that can and I, I know that will can I know that will offend the natural mind. But praise the Lord, you know, that offends. That's the natural right. Mind. It. But the Lord, but the the Lord really broadened my ability to really just speak in tongues and to just like in my mind. I knew that I was at the letter A. Then I was at the letter B. Then I was at the letter C. Then I was at the letter D. Then I was like the le- you know what I'm saying in my mind I'm seeing the letters, but I'm speaking tongues and, and and speaking the syllables with each letter that I see coming to my mind, man. And so that will you know that will offend the religious natural mind. You know that will that will offend you know uh, you know uh, the religious spirit. Uh, but however, man, for me, dude, out of that one encounter, you know, and uh, well, actually out of those two different encounters, man, the Lord just really opened up, you know, one, he, he gave me the confidence to know that, that, that the, the strategy of the enemy was to convince me that it was me. And, you know, after that encounter, of wake myself up praying in tongues, the enemy could no longer convince me. And two, that second encounter, man, that dream I had of seeing Smith Wogglesworth, uh, in uh, being in the, being in the library of heaven and then finding scripture that says that all my days are written in your books. Oh God, King David says that he records every single one of our lives in in the books. And out of that encounter, the Lord showed me how to expand my vocabulary in the spirit when it came to praying in the Holy Ghost. But I just want to throw that stuff out there, man. I know that's a little long, but I want to throw that out there, man. But Hopefully there would be something that you can kind of pull from you know, as far as like, uh, you know, as far as like practicing praying in tongues and, and spending spending time with the Lord, praying in the Holy Ghost.
4: Yeah. You're using, when you speak in tongues, like I grew up in an old school Pentecostal church where, um, and to this day, a lot of old school Pentecostals, they believe that you can't speak in tongues unless the spirit comes upon you so heavily that you can't not speak in tongues. And that's kind of the way I was brought up. And it was kind of looked at as blasphemy to try to do it of your own will. But the thing is, is that where the Bible talks about the tongue, it's in the book of James where it talks about the tongue being the most unruly part of the body. The thing is is we are choosing to use our free will when we speak in tongues. And the it's a language. It's a prayer language. And the best way to get fluent in a language is to practice it. Yeah. And my dad, I told him one time, and you know, because he really struggled with this because of you know the way that we were brought up. And I told him, you know, whenever you choose by your will, by your free will, and by faith, open your mouth. And speak yes, and by
2: faith.
4: Yes, it is by faith. Then the Lord takes those syllables and He turns it into exactly what you need it to be before it reaches His ear. That's mm-hmm. what He does with it. And that's why it's so powerful. That's why it is the most single-handed, most powerful tool that you have as a believer.
0: Well, it's also, it's a part of the armor of God. You know, after you go through each, each piece of the armor of God, whether it be the girdle, the breastplate, the shoes, the helmet, the shield, and the sword, it says, and praying in the spirit, in supplication in the spirit. So supplication means you cry out, that you prostrate yourself, you cry out and just wail. And uh, this topic here is probably the number one most controversial topic that you could have in church today. But Jesus told us <clears throat> that this was going to happen that that praying in tongues was was a gift of His. And I really, man, I did so much studying this week to leave that that notebook in that car, man. That really upsets me. But we will just have, again, just play it by ear. Holy Ghost will lead. Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm smiling
1: about. Because I'm like, uh, well, you know, you left it in there not by accident. It happened on purpose. Like, you didn't mean to, but he meant for you to do it. And while I've got, you know, the pedestal here, I'd like to say the enemy is showing his hand because no sooner than Jason was showing me his growth is abcs of the tongue my phone started glitching out it started trying to shut the app i literally had my pen in my hand and was like no this is a sword of the spirit i'm sitting here like with my head on a swivel swinging around in the spirit realm like you're not going to shut this down you are not going to shut this down so i need the heavy hitters right now to just shout out a praise and glorify god and say no this conversation will take place because the enemy's showing his hand he doesn't want it and yeah, since i've a, started this the, journey a, into the a, spirit to the holy spirit he has yeah, been trying to stop anyone's testimony testifying to me about how powerful it is so he's such a fool in his ways that he's trying to show me his hand without even knowing he's showing it god is playing to poker he, with wants to try. he oh, we're playing chess and he's playing checkers
0: yeah he's he's trying to play poker with mirrored lenses on um uh, Oh, Caitlin, what's up, Katie? I love you, girl. Eric's beautiful wife is in here with us, y'all. Say hi to her. Uh, Of course, Sister Dane, I love you. Uh, But uh, the, the reason that it is such a controversial topic and the reason that these lukewarm churches want to speak out against praying in tongues and having a prayer language or speaking in tongues is because it is such an effective tool in the spirit realm. The devil, Satan, hates anybody. First, if you're a prayer, if you are praying, he hates that you're praying anyway. And he really hates when you learn about praying in the spirit. Uh, Jason, can you tell right off the top of your head how many times it talks about praying in the spirit in the New Testament? Or Eric?
3: Well, off the bat I know of maybe like four or five, just from memory. I'm sure there's yeah. more, but you obviously have the end of Mark where Jesus says, you know, and those who believe, these sons of fathers who believe, they'll and then it'll list all the things and one of them is speaking tongues. You have in James or in Jude, excuse me, Jude twenty two, verse twenty two, where he says, Now rather than build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. Obviously you have first Corinthians where mm-hmm. Paul is talking about all the, the different ways of praying in tongues. You have the gift of tongues and interpretation. Then you have your praying in tongues where you're praying to edify your spirit. You have other ones, I'm sure.
0: That's where I'd like to go to, uh, in, in first Corinthians 12, uh, the gifts of the spirit. Because, uh, like I say, you know, with, uh, with Travis just getting baptized in the spirit last week and everything being new into the spiritual warfare that he stepped into uh, I'd like to, to get you guys to help cover that as well. And, and kind of show him, you know, of, of the diversity of gifts and uh, you know, try to try to get him to understand or, or show some understanding to, to that diversity, what those diversity of gifts means and what the gifts are, and whether everybody has these gifts, that's a believer that uh, that gets these gifts, or if it's just certain people who get these gifts. And if anybody would like to
3: uh, to share on that, we'll go ahead and pass it over to you all. Yeah, any any believer who has the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who's been empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit and with power can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They, they describe... The way that it's described is it says like the spirit gives to one this gift, to another this gift, another that gift, but they're all, and it specifies specifically, in way, but it's the one spirit doing them all. So we, we all have the same spirit, and he at any time, whatever time is appropriate, will bring on you the unction to operate in a gift, and you have to yield to him to operate in it. And then let me pull up a verse that I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, you nailed it with the yielding to him, like submitting yourself to the Holy Spirit, letting, letting him lead through on that. And uh, just listening, listening to, to to what he's saying, to what's going on around you. Uh, Travis, are you in 1 Corinthians 12 yet?
3: Here's a, here's a, a verse for you. When you said, "Oh, is it just some people?" And that's a question, or that is something that some people implicitly believe, they'll say, "You know, yeah. hey, you know, I know God will move through me, but not yeah, in the way just that He moved through." Yeah, I was just asking a general
0: question so that we could. Yeah. Get
3: to talk no, about that, that's a good question because some people believe that implicitly. Yeah. They'll just assume that. They'll say, like, "Oh, I know God will move through me, but not in the way He moved through Smith Wigglesworth, or not in the way yes, He moved exactly. through Kenneth Hagin, or or whatever." But that's not what the Bible teaches. For example, if you go to James five. Uh, Fifteen to. 18, This says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Then it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it, it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. That verse right there is telling us that Elijah is, was a man just like ours. He had the natural, yes. he had the nature of a man just like us. It says he, would, he was no more, no more anointed, no more empowered than we are. We were, he's just a man like us, and yet he was able to pray, and God moved that way through him. And we know that, being in the new covenant, that Jesus said in the Old Testament, all the law and the prophets, there was nobody who was greater than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So John the Baptist being the, greater, the greatest or equal to the greatest of the Old Testament prophets was still least less than the least of the ones in the New Kingdom. So if God moved that way through Elijah, who was just a man, there's no, you know, God won't move that way through me. I'm just, I'm just little, little me. You no, know, the Bible tells you that that the least in the Kingdom of Heaven now is greater than any of the Old Testament prophets. So God will move powerfully to anyone who will yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to move.
0: Well, I was watching that, uh, the, um, Curry Blake, um, that Jason had sent in the text group about, uh, his, his, uh, his school on speaking in tongues. And I thought one of the greatest things that he said in it was when people were like, well, did Jesus speak in tongues? And uh, he answered it with a no. He said, Jesus didn't speak in tongues, but Jesus said that you will do greater works than I when I go to my father. And those greater works, one of the greater works is the the prayer language, the speaking in tongues. And I thought that was a, a, a great, great little Easter egg from, from- <laughs> Blake there. I thought that was.
3: Yeah, it very well could be. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us that Jesus didn't. It just never tells us that you did. And you did what yeah. it does tell us specifically is that Jesus said that we would. Yes. So if we don't, we're not in a line with what Jesus said we should be doing.
5: There was so much good stuff in that teaching. I just got back home, so I'm able to talk. There was so much <laughs> good back, stuff. Brother, I love you. Yeah, I've been listening the whole time. We were dropping off that rental. Uh so I, I was in on the on the convo, just couldn't talk. Um, no, that that uh, whole teaching from Curry on on speaking in tongues and the diversity exactly. of tongues and all of that is so good. I think I'm on, I think I'm on like the fifth um, Third, right. class or something. I've been burning through them, but we've been in the car a lot too. Uh, but yeah, that that part where he he talks about um, how that's one of the greater works. I mean, it you know it kind of makes sense that it is because it's not something that was was mentioned then. Um, but all of the different diversities and uh, which is one thing that God has kind of revealed to me as well. Since I, you know, since I got my prayer language at different times, I, and I've shared this before at different times, I can tell that I'm, I'm praying more like warfare tongues. And there Mm -hmm. are times where I'm praying more intercessory uh, tongues. And one of the things that he mentioned which he tied it back to um, Isaiah twenty two, maybe I might be making that up. He tied it back to Isaiah when he he talks about with stammering lips. Um, you know they will, whatever the verse is. Um, but he he, he prophesies uh, us speaking in tongues, and one of the things that he says was is that um, it will bring refreshing. To us. And so if you're ever feeling, you know, After weary or you're 28, thank you. Yeah, yeah, 28 I've listened to it enough and he mentioned it like half a dozen times. I should have done it. Um, but that's one thing that I have kept in mind as I'm praying in tongues. And it really does seem to not only refresh you a bit in the natural since I've been noted, since I've been paying attention to it, but it also stirs up. Stirs up your own spirit. It 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 refreshes you in the spirit, um, and it's something that if you pay attention to, you'll realize that it actually does. It's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. All the different benefits of it. Um, one of the other things that he mentioned, which I have noticed just within the past few days, is that he talks about um, praying in tongues also brings revelation. And I have, I have seen that twice now, just within the past, like four or five days where some friends of mine and another group text, um, they, they reached out about some, some things that were going on, some personal things that were going on in their life. And they were like, Hey guys, let's come together right now, praying tongues, uh, or they said pray. And so I started praying in tongues immediately. And I didn't know a lot about what was going on with this situation, but one of the things that the guy who in, initially said, "Hey, something's happening right now. everybody pray. if you you know if the spirit downloads anything to, you share it so we can all join in, you know and praying for that specific thing." And so I just went straight into praying in tongues, and I started getting these words. I could see the words flashing in my mind's eye. And I saw witchcraft. I couldn't get it out of my head. I saw witchcraft flashing over and over in my head. And then as I prayed about that, God started, witchcraft was like the strongest one that I was seeing. But then I started seeing um, uh, manipulation, like the words still flashing, manipulation. And I think it was deception. And all of those are, are synonymous when it comes to, when it comes to things in the spirit realm you know witchcraft it's like um you know i think it was paul writes to the church it's like who has bewitched you who has deceived you and so i'm i'm seeing these words flashing and i'm like all right witchcraft it might not necessarily be an actual witch but it could be witchcraft as far as deception and manipulation these things going on in this in in this friend of ours life um And so I shared that with them, and I started just going in hard on those things. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm praying in tongues right now. And these are the words that obviously Holy Spirit is showing me. And so it's, you know, that's just kind of what I went in on. Um, But I, I never would have realized without listening to that teaching that, um, that praying in tongues brings revelation, you know, in the spirit. And it happened again while we were at the beach, um, this morning I was out on our prayer walk and these two ladies walked past us and I was, I was just standing there looking at the sunrise and, and praying in tongues and God kind of downloaded some stuff to me. And so I chased him down and prayed for him. And it was, there was some weird stuff going on with these ladies, but it was, it's fun.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we were at the, I, I did that man's conference last night and this morning and, um, there was a guy, we we just had kind of an open mic uh, for him at the end of it, just talking, discussion. And uh, the guy sitting in front of me said that he's been a believer for years, but he's he's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. and he He's really wanted it, but it, it's never come to him. And while he's talking, uh, when he said, well, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I said, well, that's easy. And I'm sitting directly behind him. I'm like, yeah, that's easy. And he was like, well, I want it. And they had a, you know, they had a panel up of, of other people who were talking. And, and the guy that was talking to him said, well, you know, you just have to wait. And sometimes wait and it'll come to you. And I leaned in and I was like, brother, you don't have to wait for anything. I was like, if you're wanting the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you just ask for it. And uh, I was like, we can get you baptized in it tonight. And as soon as I said it, the guy that was sitting two seats over from him, uh, a gentleman that I've seen at the North Georgia Revival, he walks up to him and lays hands on him, and he's like, look, if you want the baptism, we can get you baptized right now. So as soon as he started praying for him, I leaned forward and put my hands on him, and within seconds, he had accepted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's he's manifesting, shaking, crying, lips just, just fluttering, not really getting anything out, not giving it utterance or, or enunciating anything, and I, I just kept telling him. I was like, dude, give it utterance, give it utterance. But Within two or three minutes, this guy is just flowing with the spirit, flowing with the spirit. When I seen him this morning, man, you would not believe the smile that was on this guy's face. Uh, but, you know, and we read in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, the gifts of the tongue it says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy for that he speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto man, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit the spirit he speaketh mysteries. And that's the thing. Like when you when you start speaking or or praying in your prayer language, a lot of people are like, Well, I'm just making this up. I'm just making it, I'm just making up these sounds. And well, yes, you are giving utterance to these sounds, but even in that Clary Blake thing, he was telling you, you know, the, the part of the brain that we're using right now to make these words come out of our mouths and to make sentence structure and to make these things uh, enunciated correctly is part of the frontal lobe that fires. And when you're praying in your prayer language, if we had electrodes hooked up to all of our brains, that it would not be firing in those, those areas of the brain that, Hey, we got James in here. What's up brother James. Um, that, uh, that would not be firing. That the, those those parts of the brains do not part of the brain does not even work when you are praying in tongues. Uh, anything anybody else want to uh, to give in on that?
5: No, I thought that was pretty cool too um, when he started talking about that. And you know, it's wild when when they start actually doing science experiments for stuff like this. And it, it just shows the depth of it. You know, I've, I've shared before about um, during corporate prayer or corporate worship, how everybody's brainwaves kind of become one because all of their focus, all their energy, everything is, is directed towards God. And they, they'll read, you know, the brainwaves or whatever it is that they're reading and they all kind of tie in together and they sync up as one. Yes, Um, And that's that unity of the body. And it's kind of along the same lines as this, when they start doing these tests um, and you see, Oh, you're, you know, the different, a a different part of your brain or that part of your brain isn't even functioning. And so it just, it just proves things out. It's really cool. You guys might've heard along the same lines, a little bit different. You guys might've heard, um, David Hogan, one of his testimonies about he and his wife had to go to the hospital to get all of their physicals and all that, you know, cause they're all over the world. Yeah. Um, and when they went in and got all these physicals, all these tests ran on them, they ended up doing them twice and the doctor brought him in and he's like, um, you guys are, you guys are Christians, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, you could have just asked me that you didn't have to do all this, all these tests and everything, you know, his, his personality. Um, And he's like, well, the reason I say that is he's like, yours and your wife's tests, every single one of the numbers came back identical. And he's like, the only, yeah, he's like, the only time that happens is when a couple comes in, who are believers, because their bodies become one flesh, and all of their tests come back the same. Well, let's speak on and- that
0: real quick because I just seen that my beautiful wife and your beautiful wife are in here. So, lovely ladies, we love you and we thank you for listening to us. And any questions that y'all have and anybody else that's listening right now, feel free to hit that button at the bottom and and ask any questions. We are uh, powerhouse prayers here. If you need prayer, ask for it, you know. And just any question, just lead in and go ahead, uh, Joshua. Sorry about interrupting. I just wanted to tell yeah. our wives that I love them. They're beautiful.
5: Yeah, no, that's all good. It, that was kind of the end of that. But while, while I still have the mic, tying it back to, to tongues, um, you were you mentioned just a second ago the guy at uh, the conference this weekend. And, you know, you and then the other dude uh, told him, like, you can receive baptism of the Holy Spirit right now and he basically he basically did for this is still a question that i have because i understand that it is something that that god wants us to have he wants us to be baptized in the holy spirit um it seems like everywhere in scripture that i know of when somebody laid hands on another believer and said receive the holy spirit they received it right then sounds like uh for the most part they started speaking in tongues immediately Um, my question is, and, and you guys, uh, three of you guys were there, um, last, last Saturday when we were in downtown Atlanta, you know, my cousin who was in from Mexico, myself, myself, you know, from a few years ago when, when I prayed and asked and had people lay hands on me wanting to receive the Holy spirit, wanting to, speak in tongues, wanting to pray in tongues. It took a long time before I ever spoke in tongues for the first time. And I've shared with you guys when it happened. And, uh, and it was a couple years ago I was in um, I was in Nicaragua on a mission trip and I was listening to our pastor at the time. Um, and he was teaching on it. He he preached a sermon on baptism of the Holy Spirit, preached a sermon on on speaking in tongues. At the end, he, you know, had kind of led everybody in a prayer, I guess, is what it was to receive it. And I ended up outside the the sermon, the recording was off for quite a while. And I was walking around in the parking lot, still asking God for quite a while, 15 or 20 minutes after the recording was off. And I was praying, God, I really want this. And I had been down there, you know, speaking as, as much Spanish as I know how to while I was there. And so I started just kind of thanking God, like thanking Jesus in Spanish and, and what, just a few little things in Spanish. And it ended up flowing into just a few syllables, just a few words in my prayer language. And this ties back to what, what Jason was saying earlier to Travis. Um, I only got those few things. And I kind of know what I was saying because it was like, it was almost like I was saying uh, I was, I was telling God that he was my teacher or thanking him for being my teacher and saying something about his glory. Cause it was like something along the lines of, uh, rabbi Shekinah. So it, it sounded to me like rabbi and Shekinah. And, um, but it was only a few things. And so I kind of repeated those and I asked him like, Hey, I don't want to be making this up. And he sort of reassured me in my spirit that I wasn't. And so that was the only thing I said for quite a while. All, all of that to say, I had asked for it for a long time before receiving. When I, before receiving it. And when I did finally speak that little bit in my prayer language, there was no overwhelming baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was no power. There was no f- fire feeling. There was no tears anything like that like I have had recently a couple of times recently and my cousin he had people lay hands on him to receive it um you know if Yvonne she has done that for quite a while and so my question is maybe why don't people receive it immediately um I don't know, you know, any, any insight on that, because I've prayed for people to, to receive the Holy spirit before. And even, even when I felt like it was Holy spirit leading me to somebody specific Mm -hmm. and, and like, I want this person to receive what you just received. And it was that the day before my birthday, I've already shared that, that testimony with you guys where God led me to this one dude, this homeless guy. He's like, what I just did, that guy you just passed by, that's my son. And I want you to go back and pray for him. You're asking for these opportunities. You just, I just highlighted him to you, kind of like that. And it was a, a clear leading from the Holy Spirit to go and pray for this guy specifically and to, to pray and lay hands on him to receive the Holy Spirit. And nothing happened. So just any insight on, on that, whether it's us laying hands on somebody else or somebody who is wanting that, yeah, and, really. it doesn't, and it doesn't happen right then.
2: That's a good question. Well, it's no different than the healing, brother. Uh, this, just to simplify it, you know, Jesus said this. He said, what's, what's greater First off, first of all, let's just say what's what what is greater than the word of God? What's more powerful than the word of God? Tradition. Jesus said this. He said that I'm not, and I'm not saying that tradition is more powerful than we know that the word forever, O Lord, that word is established in heavens, heaven and earth pass away, or the word of the Lord would never pass away. However, tradition can keep people from receiving the fullness of what the word. Uh, says, you know, uh, even Jesus said that your traditions have, has, have made the word of God, null and void have made it of no effect. So it's really just to simplify it. Why don't some people receive the baptism in the Holy ghost? Or why don't some people, uh, you know, well, why don't, why don't they receive, you know, it, it's, it's simply the same way. Look at it the same way with the healing. Why don't, why don't some people get healed? Why don't we see every case healed? Um, you know, uh, false theology can keep people from receiving uh, healing. Uh, tradition can keep people from receiving healing. Uh, you know, uh, not knowing, not knowing that it's the Lord's will can keep people from receiving healing. So I, I would think that if you compare it the same way as you would to healing, it's no different than speaking in tongues because it's the same Spirit that works all in all. Yeah, so, um, I'm, I'm hoping that I simply answered that question I think that, you know sometimes yeah, people yeah. have things that block them right you know they might have a good old Schofield's Baptist Bible glory to God and they're reading that Schofield Bible up and they've been you know they believe everything that Schofield taught because you know of the popularity of the that particular Bible that's used throughout theological seminaries and they're reading the commentary in there. And because Schofield said that the, you know, the gifts of the spirit passed away or miracles passed away with the last apostle. Now they believe that miracle signs and wonders are no longer for today. And because they believe that miracle signs and wonders are no longer for today, they've, they've actually built a stronghold in their thinking system in their thought patterns that keeps them from being a recipient a, a recipient of, for everything that God has for them. You see what I'm saying? It's the same way with the healing, man. If somebody yeah. has a stronghold when it comes to receiving healing, you know, they're not, they're not gonna, you know, they're not going to have healing manifest because of that tradition or that teaching or that theology um you know that's that's a biblical way of looking at the the answer and answering the answer you know and i think sometimes too man not not saying that the devil is is greater than the lord by no means uh but i think a lot of times we can have demonic blockages in our lives we have demonic strongholds in our lives that keep us from being a, a recipient of of what the the Lord has for us, you know what I'm saying? And until we have deliverance take place or, 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 you know, maybe it's a form of deliverance, you know, necessarily you don't manifest and your head spins around three times and puke everywhere. Uh, but it could be a form of just deliverance and, uh, you know, deliverance can be simply breaking free of ungodly strongholds in our thought pattern. You know what I'm saying? We're getting free. We're getting freed up in our thoughts. We're getting freed up in our mind. Um, and uh, you know, I think a lot of times that that, that people can have like demonic strongholds, you know, or, or spirits that block them from being a recipient of what the Lord has as well, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, and, and not to get legalistic at the same time, you know, the Lord says, "I won't dwell in any unclean vessel," you know. So sometimes people may have hidden sin in their lives that they're not repent, repenting of, you know. And I just mean that, you know. Well, all boldness and, and holiness, man. Because you you know, there's that's one thing that we don't really hear preach from the pulpit today is holiness. I know you guys hear it at Christ Fellowship, man. Because you know, Dana's been sitting here reading Pastor Todd's book on God's glory, and man, this, that's a good Pastor book. Todd's talking about you know the sanctification process and how that repentance and how that the Lord's not going to come dwell in a house full of sin, you know. And so I think there's, you know, there's many factors as to why people aren't recipients of, of the Holy Spirit, or or why they don't get baptized in the Holy Ghost with with speaking in tongues. However, we do know that it's the Lord's will for all believers to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. For all believers to speak in tongues, Paul said, "You may all speak in tongues." You know, you yes. may all prophesy. So it's a general consensus in, in the heavenly realm, you know, that, that the Lord wants all of us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so uh, I hope that brings yeah. some clarity. You know, like I said, man, you can't, you know, unless you really get a word of knowledge, which is, you know, word of knowledge is this one, because this is a great way to really start getting into the gifts of the spirit. Because I think a lot of times that we will neglect the gifts of the spirit when it comes to getting people filled with the spirit and uh you know word of knowledge a word of knowledge is a, is, is fright can can come in fragments sometimes it's, it's like abstract thoughts and left field you know um and they are you know it's supernatural knowledge that's given for you at that time that doesn't come through your own natural understanding or your own natural knowledge Now, a word of knowledge can be somebody's name it can be a condition in their body it can be a spirit that they're battling Uh, you know and uh, I I love listen to John Wimber John Wimber is uh, well he was part of the vineyard church he started the vineyard movement now John Wimber came out with this thing called power evangelism back in the 1980s 1990s where they were going out on the streets and really was the one who long before Bill Johnson and Bethel Uh, Heaven Invades Earth, you know, book long before Bethel, uh, John Wimber blazed a trail and pioneered a trail when it came to power evangelism and power manifesting on the streets. But here's John Wimber's definition of the word of knowledge. He says, John Wimber says it's a word from the Lord that the recipient would have no other way of knowing. It is an instant word for a particular time or person or to accomplish a, a special purpose. I, I love that definition, man. And like I said, again, it's knowledge. It's supernatural knowledge that was not obtained by your, natu- by your natural understanding. So that's a word of knowledge. It gives you detail. Uh, you know, and so I think a lot of times do when we're pressing for somebody to get filled with the Holy Ghost and they're not receiving, that's when us as the believers need to be asking the Lord to give us a word of knowledge on what's blocking that person from receiving yeah, that's good. or, uh, what theological belief, you know, you know what I'm saying? Could, could, could be keeping them for, or, or demonic stronghold that's there, you know? Uh, we, need to, we need to start pulling on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. Yes. I'm loving this, dude, because I've been diving in really just studying the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit's a person, man. He, and he Jesus said that I will give you one uh, unless it, it, it's expedient for me to leave. Because if I don't leave, then the, the Holy Spirit the will come. come. He's one yeah. like me. He's the paracletos. He is the one like Jesus. He is. Listen, the Holy Spirit is simply this the holy spirit is jesus in fullness mm. and man he is the spirit of the lord you know and we need to we need to partner with him and and be more aware of him when it comes to when it, when it comes to, to to you know praying for people to receive the receive the holy spirit to be filled with the holy spirit or even when it comes to ministry in general so uh, yeah, awesome, Eric. You got anything to add to that? Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I was going to throw a couple verses in there.
3: How about tells us how to receive things, but it also tells us how, in what situations we may not receive something that we're asking for. For example, if you go to James, one seven, one six and seven is saying, uh, let me go a little further back verse 5 it says if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of god who gives to all liberally and without mm-hmm. reproach and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind mm-hmm. verse 7 that's but it. let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord so it's telling us there we can ask and ask in your faith we're going to receive whatever we're asking for and that's backed up by what jesus said in matthew 20 21 22 for whatever thing you ask in prayer believing you will receive but he's saying right here let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord that's if you doubt so another way that can block you receiving is having doubts or entertaining doubts you know when we're praying for somebody else we don't know necessarily what's going on in their mind or in their heart but there's plenty of situations under with under which they they should be receiving somebody something and you would think they would be receiving something but you don't see it manifesting we, we don't necessarily know the reason but there's many reasons that it could be and a lot of them are not under our control but under the individual's control
5: yeah that's here's, good. Some, here's something that um yvonne adv- advised me on and i i think she because you guys know she's reading for the second time she's reading that um He came to set the captives free book. So this, uh, it was actually this morning um, right before we, when the sun was coming up, we were out on the beach on our prayer walk. Those ladies walked by, I was praying in tongues and they walked by and God started. He put it on my heart to thank them for, they were out there um, volunteering, doing some turtle, you know, checking on the sea turtles or something, but they were also picking up trash and it, it touched my heart. It made me smile that they were out there cleaning it up. Yeah. But then, it, but then it started like, God started going a little bit deeper with it as far as them, you know, stewarding his creation. And then he put it on my heart to go thank them for it. And then, so it kind of, it kind of just kept building. And so as I kept praying I was like, all right, God, well, if I'm going to go and thank them for this, I was like, I'd love to, to pray for them. And then um, like I said, it, it kept building as I was praying in tongues. this whole time I was just praying in tongues and he kept he kept building on these thoughts and, and impressions on my heart. And then he, he he gave me a word for him, and it was it was that one of it was, it was that one of them had been, praying for their son. One of them had a son that they had either been praying for, they had been worried about their, their life or something along those lines that one of them had a son that they had been concerned about, um, for quite a while. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't super clear. It wasn't, um, you know, a very specific word, but that's, it was along those lines. And so we went and chased him down and, um, it was real clear that there was something blocking them receiving even the first things that I was saying, like, hey, you know, um, uh, I ran up to him and was like, hey, um you guys passed me a minute ago and I saw you picking up trash. And the, one of the ladies was like, oh, yeah, were you the guy back there doing yoga on the beach? <laughs> I was like, no, I wasn't doing yoga on the beach. I was like, I was praying when you guys walked past me. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. And so I shared, you know, about the trash thing. And I was like, hey, um, God really put it on my heart to come and pray for you guys. I was like, is that cool if I, if I pray for you? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And then they immediately went back to their conversation while I was standing there looking at them. And it was really weird. And so I, I waited and I kind of looked at Yvonne and then looked back at him. And I was like, all right. So yeah, and then I went into the the word of knowledge about the their son. And I was like, does one of you have a, a son that you've been you know, praying for or, or worried about, or you've been wanting them to, you know, something to happen in their life, something along those lines. I was trying to be kind of vague. I was like, I could be wrong. You know, I get it wrong sometimes. And the lady was like, well, it could be either one of us. And the the first lady who I thought that it was, she's the one who I, I thought that it was going to be for. Um, she was like, I've, I've got one son who died and one son who something else. And, I, and immediately I was like, I wonder if it's that son who died. And she has been worried about him. That's kind of where it immediately went to, you know, like what what happened to him? Where did he go? Um but two different times they went right back to their conversation, like random stuff, like talking about some other person getting their real estate license. And it was it was really weird. And I was like, so once I got their attention again, I was like, so um can I pray for you? And she was like, oh you're wanting to do that now. It's like yeah that's why I'm standing here staring at you. Yes. And so I prayed for him. And it was, I mean, it was a pretty solid prayer, you know, it was good. And at the end, she was like, Oh, that was a good pep talk. And I, it, it was hard for me to understand what happened. And it was clear that something was blocking it. And I was like, I know this was a prompting from God. I know that was a word from him. And I was like, Man. and so Yvonne and I, we walked away and I was like, what, what was that? What, what had just happened there? And her advice, and this this might be advice for somebody who listens to this. You guys might have some input on it, but it kind of ties in um, with what you guys were just saying about something blocking it. Yvonne was like, next time, and I think, she, I think I said she read this in, in the book. She was like, next time when you're praying for somebody or um, you come up on a situation like this, she's like, people are weird. And she's like, those ladies were weird. She was like, you just be weird. Just out of nowhere, you know, bind the demon that's that's blocking them from receiving what you have and then just move on with the conversation like nothing happened. She's just like, you know, just say it right then. Like I bind whatever spirit's blocking <laughs> ah, this. So, good. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, and then she's like, and just go on, like nothing happened and they can look at you weird just like you're looking at them weird. And so I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know what? That's, I said, you're you're probably right because
0: that is on point
5: (laughs) and it made perfect sense because of the way that they were just just going back to these random things like oh did you hear he got his real like i'm sitting here staring at you i just asked if i could pray for you i just asked if one of your son and you went back to like something is going on right here and so when she said that, I was like, it clicked. I was like, that makes perfect sense that there was some spirit that was blocking these ladies from hearing what you were saying and was distracting them or pulling them away from what you were just trying to do. And so, all, you know, all of that ties in I, with this journey God has brought me on and where he takes me through these ups and downs and these learning curves and things don't happen exactly like I think they should. And then I learn a little something from it and I can kind of implement that next time. Um, but it made perfect sense for this situation. And so I'm going to try that. I'm just going to start doing crazy stuff with these people and Might as well you know, I mean, have fun leave. with it. <laughs>
0: uh, real quick, before we go any further, uh, we've got a new listener in here, Robert, uh, this is an open open mic show. If you've got any questions or comments that you would like to share related to the topics that we were talking about, man, hit that button and uh, leave a comment or a question. Uh, we'd love to have any input come back from you. I'm going to go ahead and
3: turn it over to Brother Eric. So I just wanted to point out, Josh, that even, even in the Bible, there's examples where somebody is being ministered to and they don't receive. That doesn't necessarily mean that that wasn't God's direction for you to go and minister to those people even if they didn't receive. Oftentimes you're, you're planting a seed or, or something that'll come up later that will bear fruit in them. You may not see mm-hmm. that right away. For example, you, you can look in Luke chapter 9, verse 59. We can read the, this little section for context. Jesus is speaking to people who are either coming to him and asking to follow him, and he gives them a reason why you know, why they couldn't, or he gives them like a warning. And then there's an instance where Jesus actually asks someone to follow him, and that person hesitates, and Jesus responds. So from verse 58, it says, or 15 to 57, it says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, this is Jesus speaking to someone. Then he said to another, follow me. But he, the other person, said, Lord, let me first pray my father jesus said to him let the dead bury their own dead but you go and preach the kingdom of god so that that man that jesus asked to follow him he he said you know i will but first let me go take care of this other thing so he he was distracted he had other priorities at that point does that mean that jesus was wrong to ask him because that man had other priorities or a distraction you know obviously not because we know jesus operated fully in the spirit of god so everything that he did was the perfect representation of god's will in this instance he asked this man to follow him knowing that he wouldn't, that he had to go do some other thing. So perhaps, you know, you're, you're planting a seed or something that'll come up in their life later. I wouldn't be discouraged or, or anything whatsoever. If somebody doesn't receive it, when you feel led to go talk to somebody when you feel like yeah. you need to do something, just go and do it. And then what happens, that's God's responsibility. The, yep. Your responsibility is doing what he tells you to do. The result is up to God. That's not up to you.
5: Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing I have, I'm, I don't let this stuff discourage me anymore where, you know, a year ago or whatever it probably would have now because I'm, I'm daily asking God to, to put people in my path, to open doors, to give me opportunities and encounters. Um, and I keep telling them, God, I'll obey, you know, open a door for me, highlight somebody in my day, give me an opportunity to pray for somebody, to bless them, to speak life into them, to lay hands on them, whatever it might be that you lead me to do. I will obey. And then the times where I feel like I missed it, I, I repent and I ask him to give me another chance. Um, but I have gotten to the point where I don't get discouraged and I really, I do that. I pray about it. I'm like, God, I, I trust that whatever seed I planted that it'll, you know, it'll bear fruit in its time for these ladies. I was like, you know what, maybe that one lady, when she gets home, she will start thinking about the son that passed away thinking about where he went. And, you know, my prayer was, it involved, you know, the gospel. It wasn't just praying. It was, it was talking about Jesus coming to die for us to give us life that I was, I was speaking into their, the dreams of their life, the dreams of their kids' lives. It was a lot of stuff um, right there on the sidewalk. Um, And so that's, that's what I prayed when I walked off. Um, But Feel like I had something else to say with that, but yeah, you're you're exactly right, and I appreciate that. And oh, I I think the other thing that I was going to say was, I I am viewing these times just as not necessarily God testing me, but maybe just for lack of a better word, where I'm asking Him for opportunities, He's given me opportunities, and like you said, the the fruit of it, the result of my obedience, is on Him. And for me, it's more of all right. Here's a little thing. Here's a little test for you. Here's a little door for you to walk through. Let's see how quick you are to obey. And regardless of the outcome that you see, are you gonna let it? Are you gonna let it bother you, or are you just gonna trust me in it? Yeah. You know. So you know,
3: God, God will definitely test you, but the yeah. test is a good thing. A test is an opportunity to succeed and an opportunity to bear
5: fruit. People
3: look at tests as if, you know, like it's we're being set up for failure, but that's not what it is at all. God doesn't tempt us. We we know the Bible is very clear and it's explicit that God doesn't tempt anyone. But a test is not a temptation. A test is an opportunity.
0: All right, real quick,
3: uh, Travis, did you have anything you wanted to say there? I seen you on mic for a second.
1: Yeah, this is really good. Actually, we received that message last weekend when you nudged me because I was praying. I was focused, you know, just being I was thankful to be in the house of God. And to be such a strong presence with uh, with your church, it was just so wonderful. And it was wonderful to see Eric and Josh and having seen Jason for the first time, you know, actually laying your eyes on your brothers that, that you started this journey with. And then in a real quick time, you know, sometimes we don't get that. It'll take months or, or six months, you know, a long time to, to actually see that manifest within a short period of time of what he's doing with this show. And that's through the faithfulness of you, James, with you, Josh, you, Eric, you, Jason. And then I was tagged along, just you were sharing what God was doing in your life. And I felt like, hey, you invited me on and he wanted to bring me into the fold. So I'm just glory, glory, glory is all I can say. And hallelujah, Absolutely. thank you Jesus, for so much that you were doing in my life and in the lives of these men. And there's just hallelujah. so much power right here. And, and, and to see my heart out to James you know just set it and forget it for you know lack of a better creative phrase it's just set it and forget it Christianity it just it doesn't work it's not meant to work when when Pastor Todd told us like no I I need you to see what Jesus was teaching us that there it it will cost you something you will have to give up friends you will have to give up your ways you're gonna have to give up your desire to smoke cigarettes you're gonna have to give up this unholy living that you have and i will put it on your heart and it's not until you have the desires a godly desire to to quit these things that i will help you You know, you have to want it. God is not going to speak over your free will. He's going to let you make those choices. He will convince you to say you shouldn't do this. This is why you're feeling this way. But it is your choice. You have to hate what i hate you have to love what i love and we don't fully know that until we start to get in his presence and pray to him and then use the gifts of the spirit the power of the tongue the the gifting of the holy spirit the baptism of the holy spirit to speak in tongues to speak life into into our lives and to the lives of others and i know this is something that i wanted to to touch on to try to maybe not really change gears but kind of add to the conversation something that has changed in me that has been um It's been a difficult transition because I've not been a assertive person. I've not been a person that has been like, stop right there. I don't want to hear what you have to say. If it's sinful, you know, and it's hard for me to to do that, but I'm learning to do it with love. At first, loving. I've seen people like back away like, whoa, you're being very hypocritical. And God has convicted me of that and said, you know, yes, that hurts your feelings. But why did it hurt your feelings? Because it's true. It's true that you're being hypocritical, Travis, because you've only been delivered from cigarettes for a month. But yet you'll sit and go, why do they do that? That's the most terrible. No, hold on. Back up. You haven't been delivered from that that long. That's good.
0: All right, real quick. We've got got two messages here. Let's get two-on-ones from Brother James. We'll go ahead and play it right now
2: joshua i listened uh, to the lord and i ask him the same things and i have the same deal come up sometimes when you pray for folks and there's something there that makes sense that's good good teaching tonight
0: thank you brother james uh now this other one it might be a little chancy but i'm gonna go ahead and roll the dice on it uh kerberos uh the reason i say it's chancy is because he left the message and then bounced out so let's see what it says oh, yeah. Of course. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank all brothers and sisters who are right now listening to this. And uh, I come against any spirit of confusion or any spirit of self-doubt that may be here right now that that uh, is laid upon us. And I cast it into a dry place where we'll find no vessel to reside in in the name of Jesus Christ. Again, Robert, I appreciate you being here, brother. And if you have anything you'd like to comment or say, uh, hit that button, leave a comment. Uh, This is a totally interactive show. It's all about learning. It's all about questioning and and finding answers. So uh, at any time you want to be a part of the show, just hit that button and we'll get you on too, brother.
5: Travis, that was good. Um, What you were just saying, man, and that's that's something else that God's been putting on my heart lately where he has been. I've told you guys that God's been rebuking me a lot lately for different things. And some of it is exactly what you said. Like you haven't been delivered from this for that long for you to be looking at, you know, looking at somebody else, like why are they dealing with this or trying to call them out on it or anything like that? Like you, you hadn't been free for that long. So give, you know, uh, show them some mercy, you know, be patient with them. Um, but it's funny. The other thing that he has been, kind of coming down on me or, or putting on my heart to be real careful about and cut out is not so much, not so much gossiping, but getting like, just talking about bad about people. Yes. And, you know, where it's, and it's, I, I have caught myself doing it. And it, it was an immediate rebuke from the Holy Spirit. So for instance, like two weeks ago, I was getting my oil changed. And there's a place around the corner, you don't even get out of your car, and I'm sitting there. And the lady who <laughs> the lady who pulled up next to me, getting her oil changed and some other stuff that she was asking about, it, she was extremely obnoxious and loud. And she would ask a question of the guy and then get on her phone and be it's really loud um, on the phone. And you could tell it was irritating the guy that worked there. And it was it, it was just obnoxious all the way around. And then when she pulled off, I made some comments. I was like, "Was that as annoying to you as it was to me?" And it was like, "Yeah." And then it gave him it gave him open door to say something, whereas he was at work, and so he was holding his tongue. And as soon as I pulled out, God was like, "You encouraged that. You started that. Even though you saw he was irritated, you oh, man, opened good, the door. Bro. You opened the door by in, <laughs> by in, by initiating the conversation." <laughs> And I was like, all right, God, forgive me, you know, because this guy was at work and he was holding his tongue, even though he was clearly irritated because of the lady's attitude and her being rude and all of that. Uh, And so it's just little things like that, as I've shared in the past, you know, however many shows we've done is that God is, he is, he is um, removing things from my life and he is showing me the importance of sanctifying myself and sanctifying my life and, and whatever it is that he doesn't like, he's telling me and he's expecting me to remove it. And this is one of the most recent things where it's like, don't, you know, avoid even the appearance of evil. And even something, you know, as what seems small, making these little comments and jokes and, and talking trash with everybody else, even if it's not vulgar or you're not really being ugly, it kind of is and it's opening the door for that that murmuring that complaining um or that gossiping or that talking bad about somebody like this lady as soon as she pulls off um and so you know what travis just said a minute ago about like smoking cigarettes like how are they still smoking this stuff stinks i used to smoke for the longest time and i i would do the same thing like I can't believe all these people still smoking cigarettes. I'm like, dude, you smoke cigarettes from the time you were 13 to 30. <laughs> like, <laughs> who are you talking right? trash about. So it's it's no, funny how that's shape. Yeah, that's what,
1: yeah. Say thank you, but, thank you for delivering me from this, and let me show right. love. You know, let right. me show love. Let me show right. love where there was where there was pardon, where there was injury. Because what you're doing, I feel like I don't have any biblical word to bring it back with you know to back it up with but you're you're if somebody was to walk by like one of the things i've had is i love a brother of mine that i will go to and say this person is having trouble with this will you put this on your prayer? Group? he's a prayer warrior so but yet i'll go on a different shift and somebody will start talking about him like i don't understand why this person does that and then I'll automatically either insert, well, I'll defend him and say, well, I've talked to him about this. And the truth is, I have talked to him about this. And I don't understand why he does it either. And we've had a conversation and this is it. And somebody could walk by in an instant and all they hear is me talking with that person's name on my lips. And they could go to that person. Yeah, that's good. And say, well, he was talking about you. And once that done, that's create a rift between me and my brother. Who wants a rift between brothers and sisters more than anybody? Our enemy. Yeah. Defending somebody, you got to be real clear.
5: Yeah. We have a spiritual warfare. Yeah. When it comes to that, it's, I would want somebody to defend me. If I'm not there to defend me in front of somebody else, but you're right. As far as the way that you do it, you got to be careful because yeah, if somebody walks by and just hears you talking about them, depending on the words that you're using or the words that they hear you using, it could sound like you're sitting there talking about that person. And so and this is another thing that God has been trying to train me in is, and Yvonne has been really good about helping me and rebuking me and calling me out on it is I have no filter at all. Like I, I don't have a filter when it comes to talking. And so if God Gives me a dream, you know. We were talking about dreams the last couple weeks. God gives me a dream, I go share in the dream. If God gives me a word, I go talking about it. And she's like, "Why don't you start asking him if you need to share these things? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you ask him if you need to open your mouth about this stuff? Because that's he might a wise not want woman. you." She is, that's, dude. She's that's a wise she, woman. <laughs> she is. I agree. That's, it's, that's
2: good. That's and good. it's Sometimes something. It's need to be kept to yourself you know
5: exactly and i'm not good about that in the natural and so it's just another thing that god is is shaving down and showing me and rebuking me whether it's through her or whether it's just straight to my spirit um and so that one's probably going to take a little bit longer than some of these other things but i'm working on it
0: well, I had a, a great testimony today. Uh, I, I should have shared it earlier before we got off into this because it's really off topic, but it's it's an awesome testimony of, of just being obedient and uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. So uh, I was out by your house today, Jason, and when I got into Alto, there was a gas station, and gas was only $2.86 a gallon, so I was like, whoa, man, I'm going to save me a dime on each gallon that I buy. So... Uh, I pull in there. Right. And of course I'm not wearing my seatbelt as always. And, uh, there's a cop there. I'm like, Ooh, man, I was like, well, it's too late now. So, uh, I get in the line and you know, of course, you know, all four pumps are busy. I get into the line and I get on the wrong side and then I'm like, now I look like a pothead. So I pull back around <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and get on the right side of the vehicle and uh spark up a conversation with somebody else that's that's uh pumping gas and because i've been switching vehicles so regularly that i i really forget which side the gas tank's on on each of these vehicles i you know i know it shows it on the dash but it was just a moment of stupidity when i seen the cop i was just like oh i was freaked out because i wouldn't wear my seatbelt, right and uh so i fill up with gas I talked to a guy that's getting his uh, gas pumped and you know, ask him if he's, if he's a Christian and he's going to church, and whatnot. He says he goes to a couple of little churches every now and then uh, over at that side of uh, Alto. And uh, so when I start to get back in to the truck, Holy Ghost says, go pray for that cop. So I'm like, yeah, right. boy. I was like, uh, what protection? Uh, I just kept hearing protection, pray protection. So I go up to him, and uh, I, I can tell by the way he's looking down that he's on his phone. So he probably didn't even see that I wasn't wearing a seatbelt anyway. And I get about 20 feet from him, and I'm like, uh, hey, man, is it, uh, is it cool if I take up a time, uh, take up you know a minute from you? And uh, he looks, and he's like, oh, yeah, and he starts closing his phone out, and he's, he's rushing through us. I was thinking, man, this dude, I done caught him looking at porn or something. And uh, when I walk up, <laughs> uh, I say, hey, man, is it cool if I pray for you? He goes, and he's got this weird look on his face. He's like, what do you want to pray for me about? And I said, well, uh, I really don't know. I was just going to let the Holy Spirit flow. But uh, I said, I was hearing protection, that you need protection, like maybe from from your line of work. And he said, man, let me tell you. He said, I, I have a lot of worries. He's like, I'm not worried about what's going to happen to me out here at work. He's, but I've got a lot of fear that, uh, that has set into me. And starts sharing his testimony with me that he was a he's a recovering meth addict, who is now in law enforcement, has been for the past like twelve years, and uh, he said that uh, he lives in fear of storms, and he just got back from a lunch wow. with yeah with uh, the other uh, sheriff's deputies in that town that little bitty town, and he said all they were talking about during lunch is this upcoming storm coming off this hurricane. And he said, when he walked up, he said, that's what I was checking on was the weather channel. Uh, He said, I was watching that storm grow. And he said, I'm so I've got so much anxiety built up right now. He's like, I don't know what. So uh, I sat there and prayed for him, got in the spirit, started casting out demons and casting out, you know, spirit of fear, and confusion and uh, prayed the blood covenant over him and his property. Because he says he's got like 16 pine trees that are over his house. And he's like, I don't have the money to fix anything if something was to go wrong and i was like well you do need protection i was like so that was mm-hmm. that was it and like and so Come i sat there on, and prayed for him about 15 minutes and uh, and as i pulled off i almost turned back around because holy ghost laid it on top of me he was like you should have told him jesus slept through the storm and i was like i should have told him jesus slept through the <laughs> storm man and I about turned around. I was about two miles down the road. I about turned back around. And I was like, no, nah, I should have. Now the more that I think about it, I know the Holy Ghost really wanted me to turn around and tell him that Jesus slept through the storm. And that would have eased his mind. Because get this, as I walk up, as he, before when I start talking to him, he had his Bible in the passenger seat. And he was wearing a bracelet that said Jesus. He was a, I mean, spirit filled. He, he can quote scripture like Eric can. He was just throwing them right back at me. And uh, I was like, wow. I was like, man, I was like, you really? I was like, it, it's a shame that, you, that you've got this fear laying on top of you. I said, the only thing that that can be is that is demonic oppression, brother. Yeah. So I started casting that stuff out of him, dude. And he said right before I walked up while he was looking at that weather app that he was praying to God. He was like, God, I, I, I'm freaking out here, man. I don't know what I need to do. What's going to happen? I was like, I need some kind of help. And then I walked up and said, "Hey, brother, can I pray for you?" Dude,
5: that's awesome. Is that
0: that is amazing. Is that not beautiful? Just by listening to the Spirit that, and that being obedient. Awesome.
2: That is awesome, man. So awesome. Again, we got some
0: we got some regular listeners back in here. So, Annie, if, if you want to leave something on that uh, that talk box there, go right ahead. And DJ, I've seen you in here several nights on Saturday night, brother. You as well, any questions or comments that you would like to add or get involved in with this conversation, please, at any time, just leave it in there. And let's let's have this conversation going. Robert, I still appreciate you for being here. Yvonne, I love you. Jennifer, my beautiful wife. I love you, brother James. I hope to meet you soon face to face. Uh, I believe uh, next time Jason goes up there, I'm going to be going with him.
2: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, man, you know, dude, it's such an adventure with Holy Spirit, man it is an adventure to walk with Holy spirit and to have him lead us to people, man, to pray for people. And, and just the timing of the Lord right there in that situation, man, was, was so awesome. You know, uh, being able to minister to somebody, you know, and Joshua said something earlier, you know, your wife had, uh, said something to you about, you know, not everything that the Lord shows you, uh, to share it. You know, there are particular things that the Lord gives us that, we aren't supposed to share with everybody. You know, I've had some encounters with the Lord that I didn't share until probably 10, 15 years later, you know, until there was language to put to my experience because it was such a radical experience I had with the Lord that it was like the Lord was telling me to keep that secret to my heart, man, and keep that, precious in my heart because it wasn't the time to reveal what the Lord was showing me and we see that with scripture as well when we look at Samson's life look at Samson that nobody knew his strength his mother and father didn't even know his strength and the secret to his strength and so that was just for Samson only for him to know only and when he revealed the secret of his strength we know that it cost him his eyeballs it cost him his strength and all that you know and so there are some things that the Lord will you know, give us that we aren't supposed to share with everybody. Um, you know, uh, that's just one scripture in particular. Um, but you know, like like again, like I was saying, man, there's some encounters I had like 15 years ago, dude, that I didn't have language to put to it until I heard other ministers talk about it later on. you know, I, I shared it with my wife and uh just encounters with the lord and it was just like dude man i'm not the only one that's had this happen before you know this is so it was so radical man i thought you know well if i share this people think i'm gonna you know i'm, I'm crazy you know <laughs> but you know i was able to share it later on you know as, as far as the things that the lord had uh, the encounters that i had with the lord and stuff but you know as far as like uh just flowing in the spirit man you know as far as like police officers i had a buddy of mine that got a speeding ticket from a police officer and uh the the, the holy spirit spoke to him and said i want you to turn around and go back to that police officer and i want you to give him a prophetic word and he's like really god <laughs> you know so he turns around and he goes back and he ends up you know, pulling over on the side of the road and the guys, you know, officer, you know, knew him by his name because he just pulled him over and he goes, yes, sir. What, what can I do for you? So, and so, and he goes, uh, yeah, I know this seems really weird, but I really feel like the Lord told me to come back and give you this prophetic word. And then it was a dead on accurate prophetic word for this police officer, man. And it like totally brought tears to his eyes, you know? So, um, that's awesome, man. And I've had times where I've botched it in the spirit, you know, I've, I've, used to go to the malls like way way back and we would do what we call prophetic evangelism which is a lot different than power evangelism you know because you're looking for people with elements in their body or sickness in their body that's noticeable and you would go lay hands on them and pray for them right well we did pr- prophetic evangelism and what we would do is we'd walk around the malls and we would just pray and we'd, we would listen to the holy ghost lead us to different people to give prophetic words to them and you know, there'd be times when I walk by somebody and the Holy Spirit would speak to me and say, that person just had back surgery. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for him. And I would just walk up to a random person and say, hey, excuse me. I just felt like the Lord showed me that you had you just had back surgery recently. And dude, they really did. They just had back surgery recently and uh, got to pray for him and, and minister to him right, right there in the mall, you know. And so but there's times that I've totally missed it in the Lord, too. You know, um, one case particular. <laughs> I uh, was praying, and and the Lord uh, led me to this guy, and I had no clue because, you know, uh, education-wise, very limited my education. Uh, I probably got about an eighth grade education equivalent, you know, uh, as far as school and study and all that stuff, and uh, I kept getting this word proctologist, and I was like, you know, what does that mean? You know? And so I just walked up to this guy and I said, excuse me, sir, are you a proctologist? <laughs> he, he, he was like, I don't want to talk to you. And then, so I went to my buddy, you know, cause I knew that he was a little bit more educated than I was. I was like, Hey man, I went and prayed for this guy. <laughs> And uh, the Lord told me to give him this word, proctologist, <laughs> and he just started dying and laughing. He goes, "Oh no, man, you did not do that." And I was like, "Yeah, I did." And I was like, "I was like, dude, what what is a proctologist, anyways?" I have no idea what it is. And he goes, "Well, he said it's a butt doctor, you know." <laughs> <So> <laughs> just, maybe, yeah. the Lord, maybe the Lord was telling you that the guy's really anal. I have no idea, you know. So <laughs> so, yes. you know but I was learning how to hear from the Holy Ghost, you know, I was learning oh, how yes. to hear from the Lord. And so, but man, it all comes with experience. You know, again, Hebrews 5, 14, having your senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know, we're, we're in a learning experience, especially when it comes to growing in the prophetic growing and the listening to the Holy spirit, you know, but if you miss it in, you know, in prophecy, whatever, don't, you know, don't get discouraged, man. Just keep advancing in the Lord and keep develop developing, you know, that gift of the word of knowledge or that, you know, the gifts of discerning experience. And so yeah, man, that that's my uh my spill on that. So
5: Well, I know I know we've got a message, so I'm gonna make this short, but exactly what you just said is and you know eric touched on it earlier as far as like not getting discouraged when you get things wrong or when you don't see the result you were hoping for or you were expecting um this is one thing and it might be it might be curry blake who just because i've been listening to him a lot lately but it I can't remember if it was him but it's talking about people who have have these gifts they have spiritual gifts and you know all of a sudden they might get some attention on them in the church because of these gifts and then man elevates them to a position where they're not necessarily ready for and everybody sees these gifts but they don't have the character built they don't have the the history of you know the the wins and the losses and the hits and the misses and things like that and so they might have some kind of gift but they don't They don't have anything else. They don't have any foundation to it. And so that's one reason why I have been so appreciative of God and telling him, thank you, even for the times where I feel like I missed it or where I, I don't see the result immediately or whatever. I'm thanking him for the process. I'm thanking him for the process of of learning and him rebuking me and him correcting me and him sharpening things down. And I've noticed that as I have cut some of the extra stuff out of my life, some of the extra voices um, that I was listening to, you know, whether it was just for entertainment or whatever it might be where it, it's not necessarily that it wasn't good, but it wasn't God. It wasn't what he wanted me listening to. Wasn't what he wanted me reading or whatever it might be right then. Um, And so the only voices I'm letting in are things that are training me, whether it's, you know, whether it's teachings from Curry or whether it's, you know, Isaiah Salvar, I love listening to his stuff. Um, Pastor Todd is always, always solid. Um, you know, listening to you guys, Jason, listening to your lives on Facebook. Um, it's, it is this, it's the training and, and the education and all of that that I'm letting in now that I'm feeding myself with. But I've noticed that the experiences that I go through in life, or just lose somebody, the experiences that I'm going through in life, and the, the places where God's leading me to, however, it ends up turning out, a lot of times are tying in with what I'm listening to. And so I'll, I'll do something, or I'll be praying about something, or I feel like God leads me to a certain place. And then I hear some teaching on it. And it's like, oh, and it's there's just some correction there. Or some confirmation that I'm doing it right, or some encouragement to keep pushing through, whatever it might be, where it's all kind of being intertwined together. Um, and it's weaving, it's weaving it- itself in and out. So it's really good. A lot of the stuff we're talking about. Um, you know, James, you were talking about praying for this cop. I've noticed that god uh maybe it was last year or year before something like that when all a lot of the defund the police and a lot of the riots and stuff were happening god really started putting it on my heart to pray for cops and i I, you know he opened the door for me to pray for a few a few different cops that i would see at the store in a parking lot or whatever and man did they need it you could i mean you could tell just like you just like you were just. sharing. It was just perfect timing where that was what they needed. Whatever word that I spoke to them or whatever the prayer was, um, it was exactly what they needed at that time. And they appreciated it so much, Uh, you know, especially because so many people, maybe even in their own departments, the higher-ups were not backing them the way that they should be. The people that they were out there trying to protect and serve and, and do whatever for were coming against them and so it's like to have somebody come up and and just show their love their appreciation um the encouragement from the lord they needed it um so it's just stuff like that you know just all these little things that god shows us and teaches us corrects us it's really cool you want to play the message
0: it was definitely a great timing on my part and that one for sure was As I started talking to him, like, I could see in his eyes, like, I could see the fear and anxiety. And he's like, it's these storms, man. It's these storms. But I want to jump on this uh, comment real quick. It's Annie. Let's see what
4: she's got. Hey, y'all. I'm glad I could catch y'all a little bit earlier tonight. Um, We just had a family dinner, and we were laughing and having fun, and it was so beautiful. This is a praise report. My dad had been gone for six months, and he came home tonight. It's so beautiful, and it's It's such a blessing. Um, God is good. He restores. Um, And lately, we've been going through uh, this series called Torchlighters on YouTube, hearing about all the church history and testimonies of people. And it's really cool. It's a really cool series.
5: Torchlighters.
4: Yeah, everyone check it out or have kids and stuff. Bless y'all.
5: Bless you, sister.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, we'll check out Torchlighters most definitely. I'm uh,
5: going to, for sure.
0: But yeah, uh, so uh, really let's uh, try to get back in on the, the gifts of the spirit. Because uh, Travis, uh, did you ever get turned to First uh, Corinthians 12 there?
1: Yeah, I was reading some of it, yeah.
0: Alright, uh Travis or Eric or even Joshua, any either of uh the three of you guys, uh y'all wanna kinda like I don't know, kind of like, uh do some teaching on that. I know y'all are more well versed. All I'm gonna do is read out of the book, but uh if there's something that that you know, Travis being new to uh
3: I wanted to mention uh, something. Go ahead. Not from not from first Corinthians twelve, but okay. Acts Acts four. Um, Thirteen. So, for for context, this is when Peter and John had been preaching the name of Jesus. There was a a man who was crippled at the. I think this is the one where they're at the gate. Okay. I, I don't know. So there there was a man who had been healed by by Peter and John in their ministry, and right here this is where the religious leaders were were about to. I questioned them, and it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So that's that's the first point there. So the, the true power in ministry doesn't come from education. It doesn't come from training, necessarily, while those things are good and they help. It comes from being with Jesus. That's where the power really starts to flow. The next point there is, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So two parts, being with Jesus and then having the manifestation of the power of God. Those two things are what really get the ministry moving and really stop the, the devil from working against it. <clears throat> and then to what what you were saying a little bit earlier, Josh, about not not partaking in the things that aren't necessarily wrong, but they don't really benefit you that's that's also scriptural if you look in first corinthians 10 23 it says paul's writing all things are lawful for me but not all things are helpful all things are lawful for me but not all things edify yep. let so let no one seek his own but each, each one the other's well-being so he's writing you know yeah you know maybe maybe it's okay or maybe something isn't wrong to do but it's not necessarily helpful or edifying so you know it's completely right what you were saying and that. We're, we we handle ourselves the same way. We don't like participate participate in anything that's just frivolous or it's not beneficial or edifying for us.
1: Uh, that's yeah, good stuff that's- because I know it changed me as well. I think Josh and I. I mean, we all have different paths that I see in myself at the same time currently, mm-hmm. and and but I really highly identify with some of the stuff that Josh just came out with and just said, Hey, look, this is my testimony. And one of the things is like that, I realized that he will put in me what I need, what my desires will be. If I trust in God, if I trust in the Lord, he will Mm -hmm. put in my desires will be because there've been times where I'm like, Lord, well, you know, watching this show on this channel, I at one point in my life, when I was more in the world, that was enjoyable to sit the whole day or the half the day just binge-watching, as one would call it, the show. And now, I, what, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And then he reassured me, yeah. I will put in you the things that you will desire. I will give you the holy things that you desire. That will, as you yeah. said, Eric, will by him.
3: Yeah, it's Psalm, Psalm 37, 4. to let yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart you can look at that in two ways. You can say, okay, so this is the desire of my heart. God is going to give it to me. Or you can look at it and saying, you know, God is actually going to give you those desires in your heart. He's going to direct your heart to desire the things that he wants for you. I think it's both.
5: I do. do. That's what I've noticed more in my own life is that he has changed the desires of my heart. He's changed the things that interest me and that I want to do and that I want to fill my time with. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about like getting saved or they talk about heaven and hell. And they're like, that. you know, being a Christian looks boring and I don't want to do these things and whatever. And it's like, this is all I want to do now. There, nothing of the world is, is of any interest to me. None of it is enticing to me. None of it, you know, whether it's music or television or any of it, I've noticed that over the years, less and less of it is appealing and the things that I get excited about doing is it, it is God's will. It is the things of the spirit. You know, I mean, we, I shared it with you guys before we took off to go on our beach trip where I was like, you know what, I'd rather cut our day short and come back to our church instead of staying down there and going to visit a different church, even though, you know, the guy's church who we were talking about going to, he seems like he's got a really powerful ministry and all that. But with what with what God is doing at Christ Fellowship, I was like, I'd I'd rather spend one less day at the beach and get back get back to our church, especially after this past weekend. But it's like, man i I was on I was on a Holy Ghost high for half the week, just from what just from what happened this past Sunday night. And you know, I shared Only with lady. you
1: guys two hours in. I only made it two hours in. I didn't even finish the whole service or not because I had to go to
5: bed. And I was like, oh, man, I got to get back. Dude, and but here's the thing. And this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier with people not being able to receive, you know, whatever it might be, whether it's a prayer or healing or, um, you know, a word or whatever it might be. It, I have shared with so many people, attempted to share with so many people what God's doing up there the miracles, just, you know, Holy Spirit falling on people, the just everything that is happening, the salvations, the prophecy, everything. I mean, we're literally every single week, we're literally living out the Bible. We're witnessing it. We're living it. We're experiencing it. And this past Sunday night was the most intense and most powerful church service. I don't even want to call it a church service because that. I feel like that minimizes the move of God that was happening and people I I, I see it on their face I hear it in their words Um, I try you know I'll share I'll share the stream with them and be like just tune in and watch it and you can tell that it's not something's not clicking and you know it's Jason said it earlier it might be traditions it might be some kind of stronghold that they've built up. Who knows what it is every time, but I've, I've watched even spirit filled believers that I know. And I'm like, this person, I know will get it this they're They're only, they're only 45 minutes. They're closer to the church than I am. They're going to do whatever they can to get up here and experience God's presence and God's power and see what he's doing. And it just doesn't register and it blows me away. But I, you know everybody's got their timing. I guess everybody's got their things that that they have to work through or to get past. Um, but man, this um, this past Sunday, dude, I didn't even get home. I was driving at first, and I didn't even get out of coming. And I, you know, God kept like prompting me, like continue praying. And so, you know, my boys and my cousin, they were they were talking about what happened. They were talking about different things, and I was like, y'all got to be quiet. I'm still recovering from what happened. God was prompting me to continue praying in the Holy Ghost. And so I'm sitting there praying in the spirit and he comes over me so strong again. I had to pull off. I had to pull off and I, dude, I fell on my knees like overpowered in the Holy spirit in a parking lot on, on 20 headed back. I, like I said, I didn't even make it out of coming and I'm on my knees in the parking lot, just going in, going in in the Holy spirit, praying in tongues and crying. And I'm, I'm drunk in the spirit. And they come around after about 15 or 20 minutes and my wife and my cousin picked me up and they put me in the back seat of my own truck. <laughs> Chris, my 11 year old, he's laying there. He's laying there and he like, he like scoots up next to me and he's holding my hand. And he, he told me this later on that he started praying that I would calm down <laughs> because I was still going off. I was still going off praying in tongues in the back seat like just this was one of those times where I couldn't stop you know like, there are times where there there are those times where you can control it you can turn it on and off I couldn't stop and he grabs my hand and he just starts quietly praying that I would calm down and yo I got slain in the spirit in the back of my own truck I was out they took me home <laughs> they took me the rest of the way home and I was laid out in the spirit I was still conscious I was still awake. I knew what was happening, but I was out. And it was just funny that the the glory of God, like he, it wasn't done because the service was so powerful.
0: The most beautiful the, part of that whole thing is, though, Joshua, is that just goes to show that we we are the church, the body of yes. Christ, that we don't need a structure yeah, to have an encounter with God. You know, yes, it did come from you encountering God at Christ fellowship. But it was so heavy and so thick that you couldn't even make it 15 minutes down the road before yeah. it was a full blanket cover. Yeah, man. Just engulfed with the Holy Spirit. That is beautiful, man.
2: That reminds me of Brownsville Revival, you know, I remember a newspaper article on Brownsville Revival about a group of teenagers that had gotten hit with the Holy Ghost in a uh, parking lot at a gas station. And they were all I mean, this is in the front page of the newspaper of all these kids just laid out in the parking lot where they took the church <laughs> bus to this revival and after leaving the revival they stopped in the gas. And all of them are laid kids out landing the Holy Ghost at a gas station, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking in tongues and just, you know, just oh, kn- hammered on, hammered on, on, on the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, I, I got to go to Brownsville when I first got saved back in the 90s, man. And so, man, it was such a powerful move of God's presence, man. You could feel the tangible presence of the Lord in the parking lot when you pulled up, pulled up at that building. You know, it was just phenomenal, the outpouring that took place. It. it lasted for nine years, man. And so uh oh, wow. phenomenal, you know. Uh as far as like gifts of the spirit, you know, uh second uh first Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven says, But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Um, the apostle Paul says, he says, uh, for one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the it word is. of knowledge through the same spirit, to another the uh uh, faith by the same spirit to know the gifts of healings uh by the same spirit and uh paul says that to to the another the the um the working of miracles mm-hmm. the prophecy the discerning prophecy. Of spirits kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues you can group uh the works of the spirit or the gifts of the spirit A common way to group the gifts of the spirit is through uh, three different ways. we got the gifts of revelation or revelatory uh, gifts, which is the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. Then we have the gifts of power, which is faith, gifts of healings, gifts of miracles. Then we have gifts of uh, inspiration or uh, divine inspiration, which is the gift of prophecy the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation. That's a good way to break down or categorize those uh, nine gifts of the spirit. You know, you have guys heard me teach on the lampstand before and how that on the lampstand, it was seven pipes. It was one, that the spirit of the Lord was the center pipe. And then there was three stems on one side, three stems on the other side. Uh, which, you know, makes up six stems and six being the number of man. When man's tied into the spirit of the Lord, we're completing him, right? He is the center stem. He is the one that flows through us. He is the center of all that we are. He lives, resides, moves, has his way inside of us. And then, you know, on the lampstand, there was nine pomegranates and buds on one side, and um, my nine pomegranates are blossoms and buds on the other side, which represents the nine fruits of the spirit and the nine gifts of the spirit. Now, there's a difference between flowing in a gift versus flowing in the spirit, the spirit of wisdom or the spirit of counsel or the spirit of might. You see, the Bible says that Jesus was given the Holy Spirit without measure which tells us that, hey, well, there's degrees of the anointing or there's degrees or measures that we can tap into. And it's the Holy Spirit, without measure, we can uh, tap into levels of the Spirit where we're no longer just flowing in a word of knowledge, but we can access the rim of the Spirit of knowledge where things become known to us. And it's an unlimited... Uh, resource or unlimited uh, unlimited outpouring of supernatural knowledge flowing in our lives. You know, in Zechariah, Zechariah saw a different lampstand than Isaiah's lampstand in Isaiah 11-2. Zechariah saw a different lampstand, and Zechariah saw a lampstand that had an endless, ceaseless supply of golden oil flowing into the, uh, into the cups. Uh, so, which I believe that's a prophetic end time anointing that's gonna come upon the body of Christ because Peter said in Acts chapter two, in the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men and dream dreams, and your young men will see visions upon your handmaids and upon your handmaids, And I will pour out my spirit. You know, the Lord, the Lord declared that and he was repeating what Joel preached in Joel Joel chapter 2, Joel 2.28. So uh, that was the only language or the only, uh, you know, the only thing that Peter could point to was this is that. This is what Joel was talking about that's going to take place. But I also believe that an end time anointing is going to come upon the body of Christ, that we have the spirit without measure, that there's a level of glory that's going to come on the end time bride that we're going to not just flow in a word of knowledge, but we're going to flow with the spirit of knowledge. We're going to have an endless ceaseless supply of the anointing that's going to flow on our lives. And it's for harvest. It's for the nations being awakened. It's for the desire of the nations or the nations coming into the desire who is Christ, who is Jesus to the increase of his government, there'll be no end. And so, uh, you know, just to categorize the gifts there, you know, the the, the, Uh, the the gifts of revelation the word of knowledge the word of wisdom the discerning of spirits and you know uh, both gifts flow within prophecy when it comes to uh, first corinthians chapter 12 Uh, prophecy can be seen as god's perspective of his heart uh while while these two gifts which is the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom uh are 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 flowing there we can see that those are, are 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 or revelatory gifts, uh, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, are supernatural. They're supernatural fragments of information that are given by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're supernaturally given and are they're not and they're not dependent upon our own natural understanding. Like I said, a word of knowledge can come in like an abstract thought. You can be thinking Jesus, 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 all of a sudden, the gallbladder pops into your to, to your conscience. Well, that's a word of knowledge. And so Proverbs 25, 2 says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search things out. And so when I'm praying Jesus, 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 and all of a sudden I get the word gallbladder pops into my spirit, man, or pops into my conscience. That's the glory of God that is revealing revelation. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says that the Lord does not hide revelation from us, but he hides revelation for us. Because God's the greatest treasure hunter, right? He wants, he desires us to search him out and to ask questions, right? Uh, the, and we see that also with the woman at the well. Remember the woman at the well, you know, it was one word spoken to her through Christ, You know, that one woman went and got the entire city. So often the the keys to an entire city seeing a revival is in that one. You know, he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. If we can find the one that the Lord wants us to move and operate in when it comes to the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or the gift of prophecy. If we can find that one person, that's the key to the entire city, man. We can take cities for the glory of God. You know, because, you know, Jesus prophesies to her. He says, you're right to say that you have no husband. For the husband that you have, the man that you're with now, he's not even your husband, you know. And she's like, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Like, you know, he read her mail right there. And but she went and told the entire city because of that supernatural information. And so. Like, again, going back to the gallbladder thing, Jesus, 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 I'm sitting there meditating, I'm thinking on the Lord, or you're contemplating on the Lord, you're meditating on the Lord. Oftentimes, what I would used to do before meetings, because I used to work on some prophetic teams down in Atlanta, uh, Daystar Church, not the TV show, but a church called Daystar, what I would do is I would position myself and I would posture myself in prayer before the service, and I would have a pen and a notepad. And I would just lay there on the floor and I would just seek the Lord. I would meditate on the Lord and I would just be praying, Father, I just love you today. I magnify your name. And I would just stop and I would just listen. And I would wait for Holy Spirit to speak to me. And I would write down whatever Holy Spirit spoke to me. I would write down neck pain. I would All of a sudden, I would begin to feel pain in my neck that I didn't have. Prior to walking into the building. And so I knew that was a word of knowledge or a bodily impression that the Lord was giving me through the revelatory gift of the word of knowledge, that God was giving me insight with someone in the room that had pain in their neck. And so I would write down pain in the neck, and then I would begin to push God for details because the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. So I would search out the the revelation that the Lord was giving me, and I would begin to push God for details. Okay, Lord, I got pain in my neck. Is it for a male or for a female? And all of a sudden, I'd feel a check in my spirit that it was for a male. So I'd write down male. And then I would push the Lord even more for details and said, Lord, all right, Lord, what year did this happen in? <laughs> you know, and, and, and dude, I'm telling you, man, when I began to exercise the, the word of knowledge and begin to uh, uh, discern the Holy Spirit when he was speaking to me, man, I would get not, not just one detail, not just, you know, the pain in the neck, but I would get the pain in the neck the year that it happened to uh, the year that it happened in that it was for a male and how it happened Uh, so, uh, you know, when we're, we're pushing to, to grow in the rim of the spirit, uh, I would encourage you to do that as well, man. Start, you know, start practicing that. Start taking the pen and paper with you to prayer. Start, uh, you know, in your daily walk with the Lord. Maybe even, even if you don't have a
4: channel writing, it's not, you're writing down what Holy Spirit tells you to write down as opposed to channel writing, which is where you put a pencil, you know. It's witchcraft. You put a pencil on paper, yeah. whatever comes out, comes out,
2: it's not the same thing. Not the same thing. Exactly. So we know that scripture was written as, by holy men of God because they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? And so that belongs to us. Revelation belongs to us. The the, the rim of revelation belongs to us. We, You and I, sons and daughters of the kingdom. We're called to operate and move in revelation, and that's what sets us apart from psychics or anybody else. You know, psychics move by information, they, you know, they, and oftentimes psychics will look for visible things to go by instead of revelatory anointing or, or hearing revelation. And so, uh, you know, just begin to ask God for details, man, when he begins to give you certain things or, you know, or speak to you certain things, stop, pause, have a Selah. I call it a Selah moment, you know, you know, the word Selah in the, the, the Hebrew means to stop, pause, and think, right? But have, take a Selah moment and begin to stop, pause, and think and listen to the Holy Spirit and ask Holy Spirit questions. And Holy Spirit will start giving you deep details, detailed words, because if we'll we'll wait on the Lord to speak to us, man, a detailed word will be greater than just a small impression in our body. We'll graduate from, you know, just impressions to revelation to revelation. And when we start moving in revelation, then you're more confident to step out more and, and prophesy what you're feeling the Lord say to you instead of questioning the person if this applies to you does that that make sense your your level of the anointing will grow because you're growing more confident in the gift because you start working the gift and when you start working the gift the oil increases more in your life
5: it's really good James you want to hit play on that message before we go on
0: the lady at the well, I could see her running back into the city because everybody knew her, and the glory of God was upon her, and they seen something they would never seen on her before
5: because they all knew her. You know, it's, that's a good word. If we could find the one, I love that. James, thank you so much for bringing that back up because I, as I was letting Jason finish, I forgot that I wanted to touch on that. All right, so Jason, James, Travis, you guys all met. Um. You guys all met my cousin when he came into town. All right. We were, we knew he was coming into town from, from Mexico. We knew he was going to stay with us and be here for a little bit. And Yvonne and I both were praying into this past weekend while he was staying with us. Um, we knew that the other people he was staying with were not, uh, are not believers. And he was not going to have the same experience with them as he was going to with us so we we were really praying into um, this past weekend and the plans to go down there to Atlanta with you guys to do the street ministry that had already been planned out and it just happened that he was going to be staying with us that weekend so we we're like all right ben, let's pray into this and pray that it's a you know that he has he has a great experience but that he sees he sees God move in a different way than what he's used to in a more powerful way. God meets him where, where he needs. Um, and same thing, we were inviting him to church. Um, so we were praying into that. And then we, uh, Jason, I shared with you, you know, when I, when I called you that day asking about the, uh, the blessing spoken over and I's marriage and all that. And then we decided to all get baptized as a family on Sunday night at the revival service so because uh, Hector was staying with us, I told him, I was like, hey, brother, I want you to get in the water with us. And, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why we're getting in. I want you to be part of this. So he got in the water with us. But I I told him right before we took him to uh, the other family member's house who he is staying with now and he's going to be working with this week, I guess, uh, or last week, whatever. Um, I told him, I was like, dude we were praying for you and praying into this weekend. I said, but you got the most power packed weekend ever. <laughs> I was like, you saw, hey, man. I was like, you saw downtown Atlanta. You saw demons manifest. You saw people give their lives to Christ. Homeless guys come down, get filled with the Holy spirit, get laid out. You came to church with us on the most powerful service that any of us have ever experienced you got not ever. not only not yeah not only so we we went down to Atlanta Saturday Saturday during the day Saturday morning whatever that night I shared with you guys a little bit that we went to one of Yvonne's family members house and they asked me to oh uh, because I jumped off the yeah, I jumped off the call early that night, just real unexpectedly. Cause they asked me to pray over their marriage and pray over their house. And um, you know, the, he was like, do you feel anything? <laughs> he was like, do you feel anything in our house? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. And it was the same thing with the, the, those, it was a few different things. It was words of knowledge, but it was discerning of spirits as well. Cause they asked me to go into each room, like go through the whole house. And I went into each room and prayed and, Every single room I went in, Holy Spirit was downloading to me like, here's what, here's what's over the whole house. Here's what's in the master bedroom. Here's what's in this, these, the youngest kid's room. Here's what's in the middle kid's room. Here's what's in the oldest kid's room. And it was, it was a different spirit over every single area. And it was like the, the youngest kid's room. There was a spirit of fear in there. And so I was in there praying and binding stuff and breaking stuff and speaking peace over it and, um, you know, praying that every time these little girls would come into this room, that they would feel the, uh, that they would feel supernatural peace, you know, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So all, all of these things. And when we, when we left, he was like, how did you, because he was outside talking to the oldest. And he was like, how did you know all of that stuff about her? And I was like, I, I didn't. I was like, Holy Spirit was showing me that stuff. And he said, I was outside talking to her and every single thing that you said, because he had not seen her since she was, uh, since she was little, because he lives in Mexico. And he's like, everything that you just said, she was sharing with me outside, like right now. And he was like, how did you know that? He kept asking it. How did you know that? I was like, dude, I didn't. And I said, "She, she does not open up. She's never opened up to me about anything. She's very closed off. And I said, I didn't know any of that stuff. But when I was in her room praying, these are the things that Holy Spirit put on my heart to pray for and that he showed me. And so that's what I prayed. And when her dad is asking... What are you feeling in in the house? What are you, you know, as you're praying? We asked you to pray. What are you feeling? And I share. And he's like, "How did you know all that stuff?" So he got to experience those those that discernment of spirits, those words of knowledge, while we were in there. And it was in real time that she told him outside of the house exactly what God showed me inside the house real time revelation that he got to experience that he had never experienced before. Then on Sunday night, when we were in the water, not only did he get to experience everything that happened on stage and through the pastors and all of that stuff. But when we all got in the water, the lady, there was a couple um, that baptized us and the, the wife had words of knowledge and prophesied stuff over him and he, he was asking Yvonne, he's like, you told her that stuff, didn't you? And she's like, what are you talking about? No. She's like, you were with us the whole time. I didn't, I didn't tell her anything. And he's like, how did she know that I sing? And we were like, God sh- told her that stuff. I said, remember last night how Holy Spirit was revealing this stuff to me about the other family members and you asked how I knew that? And it was impossible for me to know that because you guys were outside. The same thing happened just now, but it was for you. And I said that the the stuff that this lady knew about you, that you're a singer and that you're a musician and that she prophesied over you that your mouth is going to be a trumpet and all of this stuff. That was God revealing that to her about you. And we were like, nobody's telling these people anything about you. And so it was, I mean, power packed, but it was just God's revelation in real time. And tying it back to what um, what James was just talking about a minute ago, what Jason said earlier, the, the one, the one, the, the, the lady at the well, she was the one um, turning that city upside down. All right. What Yvonne was praying for him was that, whatever God did, whatever God showed him while he was with us, that he would take that back to his city in Mexico.
0: That's good.
5: And that's what we are believing. We were believing for, we saw it happen and now we're believing that he is going to go back a a completely different person because God has revealed stuff to him. God has shown him his character, his nature, a whole another level of of power and of all of this and he's going to go back as a different person. Yeah. Didn't I uh,
0: prophesy over him that he was going to bring revival back to his city as well?
5: I think so. Yeah. Cause you were saying stuff, you were speaking stuff over him after we got out of the water. Um, Yeah. I don't recall what all I said. It was, I don't remember either. uh, It
0: was so heavy there, man.
5: I mean, it was dude. It was the whole night. I'm telling you that was one of those nights where being drunk in the spirit was a was for real. Yvonne and I both like the next the next day she was like I'm still feeling it. She was like I feel like I'm high and I was like yeah me too. Yeah. Like for real.
0: Oh, I was tired, dude. I was wore out. Like if you can be hung over in the spirit, dude, I was I was hung over. <laughs> in the spirit yeah
5: uh, no i was dude i was i was high in the holy ghost for a couple of days and it was it was for real like there was just this buzz over over our brains over our spirits and it was like i still i told her i was like i still haven't recovered from the other night and it's awesome um hey, John. but yeah yeah man
1: hey is hector in Ro- in rossville georgia now Yeah. That's crazy because I don't know if you remember our conversation. It might have been a private conversation, but I told Hector, that's where I'm headed. That's my church. In Roswell, Georgia? Georgia. Yeah, well, it's on the outskirts. It's actually East Lake, Chattanooga. But I could hop out of the church,
5: across the street, and I'm in Roswell. No, you're saying Roswell. No, I'm saying Roswell. Roswell. Oh. Like Roswell, New Mexico, but Roswell, Georgia, oh, okay. down closer, closer to Atlanta. That's a okay. big old hop. Yeah, I was about to that's, say. Yeah, like, that's a big hop. That ain't,
2: <laughs> that ain't no
5: hop from Chattanooga. Well, you no, know, he, he said that long through. stride.
0: He, he has that long stride, y'all.
5: <laughs> there, Jason's right there with us. Might be a hop for y'all. Yeah, it hop was skip. funny
0: when you posted that video or that uh, picture on Facebook. They were like. Yeah, and the dude who's standing six inches taller than the guy in the top hat. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, he's huge.
1: Yeah, that was dude, funny. Huge. So, I got a question for Jason. I saw, I, I, man, I really don't know. I guess it was an angel over you when you were giving your testimony at Five Points. Can you explain what I saw? I mean, you didn't see what I saw, but.
0: All right, explain
1: what you saw first. It looked like, well, okay, the first thing I said was, I think I looked over to David, who was standing up on the hill, and I was like, man, I know Jason's tall, but I didn't know he was a spiritual giant because he was just down there swinging. I mean, just swinging I'm on at it.
0: at the fences, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and James was like, you want to give your testimony? I'm like, uh, you know, not to dismiss what God has done in my life, but really? Like, I should go first and then let him come in? You know what I mean? Like you got to have a closer and the closer went out and pitched first, you know what I mean? So there's not really (laughs) anything you can do after that. But, you know, Josh did rebuke the rain. So there's that. And it (laughs) came when he left. So, I mean, it was just like you said, it was a spirit filled weekend, but what I saw was seriously like a nine or 10 foot. Angel protecting you. And at first I misperceived. that That it was your spirit. Is what I first perceived. But. Now maybe some clarity from God, from the Holy Spirit, that it was actually a protective angel over you.
2: That's awesome. It was it was my glorified body. Hallelujah. Did it have hair? (laughs) Did it have hair? (laughs) (laughs) It had hair as my glorified
1: body. It was a warrior. It was a soldier. It was like. That's That's
2: what we need to
1: know. All you need to know was he was stoic and had a sword pose in position like I wish you would.
2: Dana Dana said it was her. She was there in the spirit. That's what it was. (laughs) Let me tell you, I'm encouraging this. Uh, I didn't know this until the following Sunday uh our pastor many guys know that we just got plugged in locally somewhere and just the lord just kind of set us down with a home group thing uh and just kind of been really encouraging us to kind of get part of local fellowship which you know was a big deal for us because you know we were we were were still carrying a lot of hurt from church hurt and stuff so anyways we we got we got freed up from that got free from that and the lord's been calling us to a local fellowship well our pastor, and this ties directly into what you're talking about, Travis. Uh, our pastor was praying, and he said, "Lord, I just lose. I just ask you to lose comforting angels over them in Atlanta." And the Lord rebuked him, and he said, "I don't want to lose comforting angels. I want you to command. I want you to tell me to release warring angels over them." While yeah, they're in Atlanta. man. And I was like, dude, you have no idea, Pastor. You have no idea at the events that took place while we were down there. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you guys know, really. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure you do you were there. But, uh, you know, to the left of us, the ambulance that pulled up over there to the left of us, man, one guy just got his head beat him with a steel pipe, you know, over four cigarettes. Guys jumped yep. in, beat, beat his head in with a steel pipe for cigarettes. And then, as you guys remember— uh, right at the end of the right right towards the end there, the guy come running down the hill with a whole sign. The sign's mm-hmm. still in the post to hit another guy with. So there was demonic warfare going on around us. And I believe that you what you saw, Travis, is what our what our, our pastors were releasing over us, you know, and many intercessors were releasing over us while we we're out there on the streets was the warring angels, you know. And so that's awesome that you saw that. You know, e, Elisha says to Gehazi his servant, you know, remember this event in, in Scripture, where Gehazi they he Gehazi sees of the enemies surrounding him and Elisha, and Elisha prays for Gehazi. He says, "I, I, I pray that your eyes would be open to see that those that are with us are more than those that are against us." And the Bible says that Gehazi's spiritual eyes were open, and he was able to see the, the Lord of Hosts. He was able to see the company of angels surrounding them in the midst of warfare, in the midst of the uh, he saw he saw the angelic army that was it was encamped around them in the midst of all the kings that was the enemies of Israel surrounding them as well. So. You know, oftentimes the Lord will uh, open our spiritual eyes. You know, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, 17, 18, he said that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Well, what was Paul talking about? Was he talking about your natural eyes? No, he was talking about the spiritual eyes, your mind's eye, that your imagination, your mind's eye will be illuminated, that would be opened, that you would see uh, in the room of the spirit, you would be able to see in the room of the spirit. You know, First Samuel chapter nine verse nine talks about in the Old Testament when they would go see a prophet. That the word prophet was was uh, was used as a seer. Now, there's two different types of prophets and or, or prophetic anointings that we can tap into as well. There's the seer anointing. First Samuel chapter nine verse nine. And seers will see exactly is what that is. They see things in the rim of the spirit. It's like uh, they they just see things. Um, and versus a nabi prophet or or prophet, which is another type of prophet. Those prophets they prophesy more from a bubbling up on the inside. And now a lot of people will prophesy as a nabi prophet. All all prophets are seers, but not all seers are. Our 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 prophets as as what, what was how's that saying go I can't remember the saying uh, I can't remember I think it's all prophets are seers but not all seers are prophets I can't remember uh, what the guy said I'll, I'll I'll remember it in a minute because it sounds contradictory uh, maybe I'm getting I'm getting it mixed up but anyhow there's the nabi prophets and they'll prophesy from a bubbling up from within. Versus the seer, the seer will prophesy by what he sees. So it's maybe the, the Lord is opening your spiritual eyes to, to see as not calling you a prophet, but to see in that prophet anointing or in that seer anointing or that seer dimension. It, um, so it's, it's pretty awesome that you saw that angel in the rim of the spirit, you know. Yeah. Uh, because the lord is opening your spiritual eyes to be able to discern things and to be able to see things That's, that's pretty awesome
5: that's real awesome the only thing i was kind of able to see was that the light that we brought made the darkness sort of scatter to a big circle around us um but man that's dude that's awesome travis
1: Well, it kind of started out right there with our prayer when we uh, met up with you, Jason, and uh, I can't remember your friend's name. I want to say it was Mark or Matt. I think it was Mark, but it was your buddy with the Georgia hat that was... It was pretty, that was your, uh, tag team partner as well. I'm thinking, of. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but I started out praying in tongues and I was, uh, it was just, I just went with the spirit. He was just moving on me to like draw a line and just spit. Like there's no filth going to cross these lips. There's, we're, it's kind of like, you know how, um, you, you would have, uh, people in, uh, in different cultures would, uh, would spit and say, you know, you know, spit that out, spit that out like that. That is not allowed. That is foul. That is vile. Um, I'm not going to allow that. And it was just something that was happening. And I just started lifting my I was just following the prompt of the spirit. And I was just lifting my hand over Hector. And I was just like praying in the spirit. And I had a, and I just kept like drawing a line in the sand, drawing a line saying they finally got so like not violence, not a good word, but it just got so we will not we will not withdraw from this line. We will press forward, we will press forward. There's a battle line being drawn right here, right now. And from this line forward, we will press in to anything that is opposing God's will, depressing God's children. We are here to love them, to, to preach to them the gospel of the truth of Christ and God's promise, the kingdom that we we were here to ask them and to pray to them. Look, you know, we need to repent. We need to to change our ways. I need to change my ways. We need to bring to you the gospel. And we're going to press in like like terrorism that we will not allow a single inch given. And I was pounding the ground. And I still, I, I, I wish it was actually a scar to remind me because my knuckles were bleeding from pounding the ground and it was like i had to pull back and and it was like i didn't want to pull back because i was like god i don't want to be like the one that went to the prophet and did not quit striking his arrows on the ground because i wanted it to go as far as you want to go i want it to go as long as you want it to go i wanted to strike down as many enemies as you want to strike down and if that means i'm going to lose a knuckle today i'm fine with that and he was like son you got to go to work monday back off a little bit you got (laughs) to pound the ground with the bottom of your fist do the bottom of your fist quit punching your knuckles and i was like yes lord thank you
5: that's awesome though man that and that's kind of been a big problem with many christians is that they they aren't intense enough they're not getting violent enough you know they're not fighting they're not drawing that line in the sand and they're they're, they're chalking up everything that happens in their lives, in the world, in other people's lives, whatever, to the sovereignty of God. And we know that he's sovereign, but he's, he has given us dominion over this earth. He is, the way that he has set things up is, all right, I'm giving you guys authority. I'm telling you guys, here's what I want you to do. Now go do it. And we're you know standing back waiting for him to do something that he's already told us to do. And they have, they have, they've given up too much as far as, you know, loving your neighbor and you know, the, the love of God and the kindness and the peace and all of that. They've, they've let that go way too far and forgotten that we're actually in a war. We're actually supposed to be soldiers. We're actually supposed to be out here fighting a battle And yeah, we're supposed to, we're supposed to love, we're supposed to be, you know, kind to people and all that. But at the same time, we're not supposed to just let people run us over. We're not supposed to take any crap. We're supposed to be the ones who are reigning and ruling over this realm. And instead of, instead of being violent in the spirit, like you're talking about, instead of drawing that line in the sand and saying, no more we're taking this ground by force. You know, the kingdom is suffering violence and we're standing back, letting it No, we got to get out here like soldiers and do exactly what you're saying. No more, you know, doing what, and you know, when we first got out there last week, that the very first guy, as soon as we set our feet on the sidewalk, that dude started manifesting his demon and started cussing and getting all rowdy And Jason was like, no, we're going to do this right here. And it was, that's how we're supposed to be talking to people. That's how we're supposed to be. And it wasn't that dude. It was, you know, it was the demons that were inside of him. that got stirred up immediately when the kingdom of God showed up. And, you know, most people would have, most Christians would have been like, oh, sorry, we don't want to, you know, they would have backed down immediately. They would have apologized. They would have said, Tucked I don't their want tails to f- and ran. they would have tucked their tails and ran they would have said i don't want you to be upset if you don't like it you know you were here first whatever and he was like nope, we're doing this right here you could stay and hear it or you can go do what you want to do we're plugging in right here and we're going to do our thing and yeah. what did he do what did he do he got up and yeah he talked his trash on the way out but he went out he talked his trash when he was walking away but he walked away still and then we sat there and we did our thing. Jason started preaching. Like you said, he came in swinging and man, people gave their lives to Christ. People got set free. People got healed. People can't, you know, backsliders came back and repented. There were words of knowledge spoken. There were all kinds of stuff. Like I said, you, I can't get over that. What Travis, what you're saying, you saw that is so awesome, man. But Like the only thing I, like I said, the only, I could see the darkness flee. It was like roaches scattering when the light got flipped on. And there was there was a little there was like a, a light halo around us where the everybody who was who was receptive, the people who God was calling, they came in. It was like moths to the light. They came closer. Yeah, there was a definite then,
0: circle, a radius around us that you could a definite radius that you could see around us.
5: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it was I mean, you know, the the demons fled and, and the moths were attracted to the light. It was it was really cool. Um, but that's, man, that's how we've got to be is bold, you know, bold in truth, bold in the spirit, bold in the word. And when you go out, whether you're, whether you're, you know, ministering to somebody, whether you're praying for them, whether you're rebuking them, whatever. Yeah. It's going to be in love, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be bold. It can't be any more this little, this little soft, you know, gummy bear Christianity that just doesn't doesn't work no you know inviting people to church and just be hey you want to come to church with me or you know i'll I'll pray for you and then you don't do anything right then like that stuff doesn't work nobody's nobody's fooled by that and it comes back to demonstrating the kingdom of god with power with signs wonders with you know boldness with the the words of knowledge with all of that just like the the pastor from israel said he's like in in Israel they know the letter and that's all it is to them it's just the letter i have to be able to i have to be able to preach the kingdom of god with power i have to be able to demonstrate it with power because just preaching the word is not enough for them for jews in israel they know the word i have to be able to demonstrate it with power and it's the same way here especially in the south you know you ask people if they if they go to church or if they know Jesus or whatever, and most of them are like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Christian," or "Yeah, I got baptized when I was a kid," or "I was raised in church," or whatever. There, it's it's so commonplace, it's so familiar to them that it doesn't mean anything. You know, there has to be something different, and it's it's a boldness, it's a power, it's a demonstration, it's a, whatever it is. That's why I'm tying it back to being led by the Spirit is no matter who, no matter what situation you're in, if you're being led by the Holy Spirit and if you're really listening to him and you have been with Jesus, Eric said it earlier, if you have been with Jesus, it will show. You'll be able to show that. They they will recognize that. Even if they don't in the natural, their spirit will. The demons that are in them will, whatever it might be.
2: Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, to clarify what I was saying earlier, All prophets are seers, but not all seers are prophets. And I I was right about that, that, you know, prophets, they see things in the realm of the spirit, whether it be dreams, visions, trances, whether it be uh, angels, stuff like that. However, not all seers are prophets because it takes years of developing that function in order to be recognized as a prophet. The only difference between a prophet and somebody that moves in the seer anointing is that a prophet has influence and a platform to speak from. Does, does that make sense, guys? Really, you know, when it comes to fivefold ministry apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher they've been given an influence and platform to speak from. In other words, God has increased their metron, their metron of influence, their grace gift or the, 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 the metron that, that, the, that has increased. They've grown in their, their sphere of influence, their, their metron, and in growing in that, they've been, uh, you know, they, the, that function of apostle, that function of prophet, that function of evangelist, that function of pastor, that function of teacher, and in growing that metron, that, that fun, their, their function is recognized. Uh, again, all seers are prophets but not all prophets are seers because of influence and platform so but you can be on the backwoods you can you can be a backwoods prophet you know and 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 nobody nobody really know you uh was it um uh one of the minor prophets uh he he had no spiritual he had no spiritual heritage, uh, in, in, uh, in, 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 his genealogy, uh, but he was known as one of the minor prophets. Uh, he was a farmer and, uh, let's see, uh, which one it was. I'll, I'll find out which one it was in just a sec, but, um, but yeah, he, he, he was a farmer and the Lord called him as a, as a prophet, but he was, he was one of the minor prophets. And so, um, Amos, I believe it was Amos, was one of the one of the minor prophets. He was a farmer, but he had no uh, lineage, spiritual lineage.
5: So. I was can of man you man. Clarify, can you clarify one yeah. anybody? I don't care. I know it's something that we can uh, just look up and get the answer. But while we're talking about it, clarify the the difference or the specifics of apostle and evangelist pastor teacher prophet those are a bit easier we kind of we can kind of infer what those are a little bit a little bit more even if we don't know hundred percent know but um, can you guys clarify for me and for anybody else who might wonder what is specifically an apostle and what is specifically an evangelist because I'm not a hundred percent clear on the difference or the the specifics on that
2: all right, let's look at evangelist first. Um, Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 35. Philip was known as an evangelist. Um, he baptized the eunuch. And, um, uh, you know, he, uh, Acts chapter 8, he baptizes the eunuch. He's called up in the, in the spirit, translated to another place. Acts chapter 9, he uh, goes into a city casts out demons, works miracles, and uh, the, the city uh, with those great joy found in that city. So he, it was like a city-taking type anointing that was on his life. You know, uh, uh, evangelists are, are more like, you know, they're, har- they're harvesters. They go after harvest. You know, they have a, a gift to lead, and they have a gifting, or they specialize in leading people to the Lord or leading people into salvation apostle on the other hand apostles are known for miraculous signs and wonders that's the distinguishing difference between apostle and the rest of them. the word apostle is also is one one who's been sent they're sent ones uh paul says this he said from around about iriculum to jerusalem i have fully preached the gospel with miracles signs and wonders so You know, apostles, not some guy that's got the word apostle on his business card. You know, you know, these days in the body of Christ, I'm not knocking the body by no means, but these days in the body, dude, you can throw a rock in the crowd and hit an apostle. But really in the Bible, when it came to apostles, man, apostles were known for miraculous signs and were known for miraculous wonders. They weren't wonders among the people. Yeah.
4: Okay, right, so an apostle or someone who operates in the office, there's there's functioning as an apostle or any one of the five falls functioning as a pastor. Jason often functions as a pastor, but he operates in the office. He is in the office of an evangelist. In other words, um, if if you have a manager. You know, if if the owner of the business is out of town and the manager is going to operate in that authority while they're gone, they're operating in the office or in the function of the owner, but the owner still holds the office of the owner. Does that make sense? And so you can, you can have two, you can have both things. You can have the office or the function. An apostle, someone who's in the office of an apostle, they're actually an apostle not only will they have the miracle signs and wonders that will be fluent in their life, but they will also, you'll see that they plant churches everywhere they go. And so they really break through. They might go into an area where there's nothing happening there, no revival there. And they plant a church there. They start a church there. Right. And so then they'll train up somebody or disciple up somebody there to pastor that church. And then they'll, Move on to the next place, or go home, and they'll have they have multiple churches that are under them. They plant churches over the, where they go. It's the pastor's job to grow the congregation up to look like Jesus. It's it's the pastor's job to disciple. That's his. That's what the office of a of a pastor is. An evangelist uh, doesn't really counsel well or or well i don't want to say well but doesn't really counsel doesn't really disciple necessarily they just come in they light a fire and they may stay um getting people saved catching a you know holy ghost fire in the church and then they'll move on to the next one and they'll they travel a lot you know um they what carry, they
2: carry a breaker anointing. Yeah, there's you know, definitely the a breaker really anointing. The evangelist really carries you know, You know, I know you guys are kind of. A lot
4: of times evangelists is mag- the pastor as right. well. Not you just guys the- are
2: magnifying the Lord to me about going in there and just swinging for the fences. You know, uh, you did that, I just felt a real strong breaker anointing on me that day, man. I felt a real strong aggressiveness, you know. And it just cracked open, cracked open some stuff. You know, our next outreach, man, I probably will be more than likely handing the mic over to some of you guys first to let you guys get it going, and then I'll just come in afterwards, you know, and and follow up behind you. I mean, there's times that we went out on the streets, and I haven't really preached much. I preached much. I just let the other guys, got other guys, do the ministry because I want to see you guys grow in what the Lord has you do to grow in as well. You got something else, Dana? Mm-hmm.
4: Almost every office in the fivefold ministry will function as one of the others. Very seldom do you say, Oh, well that person is a teacher and they don't preach. They don't pastor. They don't evangelize or whatever. They're only a teacher. That's hard. Almost never because, and the reason being is because we could never be any of those things. If it wasn't Holy ghost in us causing us to be. And so I don't remember if it was Paul or Peter that said it, but somebody said, I became all things to all men. Paul, Paul, And so almost always you're going to see when someone's in the fivefold ministry, you're almost always going to see them function in one of the others.
2: Yeah. You know, and one thing too, you got to keep in mind too, is that an apostle, apostle will flow in all five areas of the fivefold ministry. He'll, he'll flow as an apostle. He'll flow as a prophet. He can flow as an evangelist. He can flow as a pastor. He can flow as a teacher. Um, So that's one thing, too, about an apostle is that they can function in all five of the fivefold ministry. They're not, you know, that's their office of of the apostolic is that they're able to disciple, is that they're able to impart, is that they're they're able to activate the gifts of the spirit in your life as well. Remember the apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, I put you in remembrance to stir up the gift of God. That came to you through the through the through, through prophecy and the laying on of hands. So, apostles also have the ability to transfer the anointing or to activate the anointing in people around them through the impartation of laying on of hands. And so, uh, that, that that's why you, you know I, I believe that impartation is, is 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 pivotal, man. Whenever there's impartation lines or whenever I'm. You know, I know somebody that flows in the stuff, dude. I'll go and get them to lay hands on me for impartation always because I just honor the anointing. You know, Jesus said, you honor a prophet, in the name of a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. And a lot of times when we're that, you know, that could be sowing a seed in the ministry. Absolutely. But also it can be you going up and getting prayer man, getting them to lay hands on you. You know, you ought to be activated in what they flow in. I think one of you guys, recently had somebody well i think it was what was it you joshua that had somebody that laid hands on you and, and called you in called you, was was calling the, the the gift out in you and and laying hands on you for impartation so i yeah. mean it's it, it's awesome to get ministers to lay hands on you for impartation you know you know it, it, that that's awesome to, to do
5: Yeah, I appreciate that clarification because that's that's been one of the things that um, this guy, the the one that you just mentioned, who laid hands on me and um, kind of s- sent me out officially. Um, that was one of the things that he said was um, that he was an apostle, um, and then like with Alexander Pagani, I he he is usually called like when he gets on his group, group calls and things like that with um, Isaiah Saldivar and uh, a couple of the other pastors that they are, that they're all friends and they minister together, they will call him apostle. um, But he also will do really in-depth teachings and things like that. So tying it back to what, um, like what Dana was saying just a second ago, where you can operate in these different areas but your office is one of them. And so I guess that I mean, kind I mean, of that's applies like with necessarily him.
3: always the case too, because if you read in second Timothy one eleven, second Timothy two seven, both of those, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's saying, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. So he's saying he was appointed to all three of those positions.
5: Uh, yep, yep.
3: which proves that it's possible for one person to be both operating and actually being in that position in more than one. So for a lot of people, you know, they're they're just, Absolutely. Any, any believer can prophesy with the unction of the Holy Spirit, but not every believer is called to be a prophet. So, you know, you can operate in those positions, but you can also hold those,
2: those roles. I, I think more people that are, are called to the office of a prophet, they can, they can really train people on how to operate in the gift of prophecy. You know, there's a difference between the office yeah. versus yeah. the gift. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Who was the guy that laid hands on you, Joshua?
5: Um, His name's Gary. Uh, I can't remember his last name. You know the the main... It was uh, Gary Stone. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember his last name. Johnny's Johnny's husband. You know
2: who that is, Jason? Yeah, Daniel was being nosy. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: uh, so speaking of, uh, Alexander Pagani like when we were there on that Saturday night and at the end of the night he was talking he came out and he said I'm going to come out and I'm going to activate you guys to get into the the uh, ministry of, Devi- of, of uh, deliverance and it was me Jason and Dana sitting up front in that order Jason to my right me in the middle and Dana to the left And when he said it, I know I'd seen people manifest in front of Dana. So I was like, I'm going to get her right there beside him. So he has, there's no way he's not going to touch her. Right. So I get her by the shoulders and I step back and I slide over and I push her over towards Pagani. Right. He doesn't activate her. She's already active. He, the Holy Ghost knew that in him. Right. He walks around that whole Hmm. room. He walked around the whole room. I'm trying my best to avoid him, to like, like I'm sliding, sliding, (laughs) sliding. He walks right up to me and he says, and I got you too, my friend, and put his hand on my head and started praying. And guys, I'm telling you, ever since then, I have watched the demons in people Pay attention to me when yeah. I get around them. It's awesome. To where one guy stood frozen. He stood frozen for a good twenty seconds. It was super awkward because we're just like looking at each other, and he was just he had this the amount of fear that was in his eyes. It was insane. Yeah, looking at him.
5: Yeah. I'm looking at him. He was, He's looking he at froze. me. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me.
0: Yeah, he, just frozen. I, I kind of. I guess I had that like why are you staring at me? Look. yeah. And then he goes, uh, 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 y'all have a bathroom. He was at the shop. I'm like, yeah, right around that corner. And as he's turned around and walked, Holy ghost said every demon
5: in him fears you. Wow.
0: Yeah. But I didn't, cause I'm at work. I don't get to, to pray for people. So. Cast out.
5: You know what? That's, that's so funny, James. Like both of the things that you said about, uh, about Dana and about you. Cause while we were there, I was, I wanted him to lay hands on Yvonne and I like real bad. I wanted him to pray for us because of exactly what Jason was saying. When in, 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 in that instance, at that meeting, everything in me was, it, it felt genuine. It felt honest. It felt, you know, there wasn't anything that was elevating him as a man. It was more of um, if if there's something that God wants me to have, if there's an anointing or a gift or a blessing or whatever that he can impart onto us, I want it. And Yvonne was the same way. And he uh, he even said it while he's there. He's like, I want to, if you guys want me to lay hands on you and activate you or pray for you, he's like, let me know, come up to me. And I was trying to get that to happen and it never happened. Yeah. 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 He's he's going to be in, yeah, he's going to be in uh, Dunwoody, right? Uh, He's going to
2: be in Hawassi in October, guys, for
5: three days, so. Oh, okay. The Dunwoody thing is maybe in September.
2: Um, Oh, sweet.
5: And actually, while we're on the call, before I forget, the thing in Dunwoody, I got the, I, I think it's the weekend of maybe the 11th, 9th, and either 10th and 11th, 9th and 10th, something like that. We'll have to look it up. Um. There is a group discount if you get five or more people, um, you save I don't know thirty bucks per person or something like that. So if you guys I'm are down. interested in, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, oh, a group of seven or more.
2: I'm always yeah. down.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. oh September seventh, September seventh. Yvonne was throwing a seven up, and I didn't uh, know what she was talking about. So September seventh, and don't if it's a she yeah she is. was wow. she was
0: sleeping one um, eye open Joshua <laughs> um
5: yeah so if I think she sent me the link I'll share it with you guys later on but yeah it's at Dunwoody September 7th this is not um this is not a deliverance ministry course it's something different um I'll send it to you guys when you check it out and if you want to go I'm down to it. But all of that to say, I was trying to get the same thing. I was, I was like, man, if he's if he has something, uh, a blessing or an anointing or whatever, I want it. And I, he, I couldn't get near him. Man, I was trying. I was pushing up front. I was grabbing in Von's hand and like, let's get up next to the stage. Hey,
0: Jason was chasing him around with a handkerchief. He's oh, like, I know. I saw it.
5: it. I saw it. <laughs> he
0: Just was gonna get it, it too. <laughs> <laughs> But uh yeah,
3: if you read in Psalm 84 11 it's it's reading Psalm eighty four eleven, it tells us for the Lord God is a sun and a shield, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So when you say, you know, if God has a blessing for me, I want it, the Bible promises that God won't withhold it from you.
5: Amen. Yeah, no, No, I believe, I believe that. And, you know, for whatever reason, I've, I've prayed through it and prayed past it for whatever reason, you know, I didn't, I didn't get near him. He didn't lay hands on us to pray for us or anything like that. And so it is what it is. It's whatever. But, um, like I said, I, f- I feel, and I've shared this on previous calls, uh, I feel like God has, has worked with me and, and been the teacher to me and been the one to you know to to show me things reveal things to me in the way that he wanted me to to receive it um and so it's the same way i'm looking at that instance you know um but i'm feeling the same way that the jason says he's like if i'm going somewhere and somebody's got a blessing for me i'm gonna get them to lay hands on me i'm gonna get i'm gonna get in that line i'm gonna go up front and have them pray over whatever it might be and so, you know, I'm the same way. If there's something there for me, I'm gonna go after it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. God wouldn't have put you there
2: if if it wasn't meant for you to get it, right?
5: Yep. Exactly.
2: I mean, there's power in impartation, man. When you honor, when you honor God's generals, do when you honor the anointing on them. There's there's power in that, man. That's the, you know, one of the currencies of heaven is honor, you know, and and to honor one another in the glory, you know. And God's not a respecter of persons. What that guy walks in, you can walk in as well. You know, the same with anybody in, in scripture. God's not a respecter of persons. However, the Lord will test us to see if we're ready to walk in what we desire to walk in, you know. And, uh. You know, I, I believe this, you know, that, you know, just the scripture says that the eyes of the Lord run to, to, uh, to and fro throughout the earth looking for a heart, you know, that's, that's his. You know, I believe that the Lord is looking for a generation of of radical, uh, you know, fire-breathing, Holy Ghost-filled dread champions that he can show himself mighty in again, you know. You've got guys like in the 1950s, 1960s, uh, 70s, Revivals, A.A. A. Allen, uh, uh, you know, uh, Orr Roberts, uh, William Branham, uh, Jack Coe. I mean, Jack Coe could line up 100 wheelchairs and snatch 75 people out of 100 out of wheelchairs. You know, just his his pulpit was decorated in neck braces, wheelchairs and crutches and I mean, just crazy, radical miracles. The same with A.A. Allen. The same with oil robbers. The same with William Branham. William them their name, their address, their grandkids' name, the condition in their body. And, you know, and have miracles pop, you know, cancer coming out of people's bodies and stuff. I believe that the Lord is looking for a generation that he can show himself strong in again and a people, men and women of God, that he can trust with the anointing, friends, because, you know, so many people have squandered the anointing. They've squandered the glory, and they prostituted it. But the lords I, I believe what we are on the crest of, 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 of seeing as far as outbreak is like what took place in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, Voice of Healing Revival we're going to see that again, guys. We're going to see, because the Lord, is I believe, the, you know, like I said, the Lord's looking for a generation, man, that he can trust with the glory. And, man, I, I believe that the Lord is going to find a generation, man, of hungry people that are just so desperate for for heaven to touch earth, you know, that we're hungry. And we're seeing pockets of it now, but I believe it's going to come on the body of Christ corporately. You know, a lot of times when we look at prophecy, we look at revelations, And we look at the two witnesses, you know, that they have the power uh, over the, the elements of the earth. They have power over water to turn water into blood, this and that. And the scripture says as often as they desire. In other words, the Lord gives them the power or entrusts them the power to work the miracles as often as they desire. I don't necessarily believe that it's just two guys. that's going to show up in the end days. It, it may be possible that it's just two guys that show up in the end days. I believe that it's a corporate anointing that's going to come on the body of Christ in the end times, man, that we're going to have miraculous signs, wonders, and miracles manifest in the earth.
0: Well, Hey, real quick, let me ask you guys this. Cause you know, <clears throat> I, I go off on these crazy rabbit holes, but, um, We have for the past couple hundred years have been following, well, more than a couple hundred years, but have been following the Gregorian calendar, right? And that is a Greek and Roman calendar. And when you read in the Bible that the sun and the moon was put into place for seasons and time. Was it Genesis? Somebody correct
5: me on that. Yeah. For the times and seasons,
0: times and seasons. And we know that the Hebrew calendar is the lunar calendar. Uh, Do you think that the reason that these Freemasons have us following this Roman calendar is to hide the times and the seasons of of the end days.
3: Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can get into that too much, because even even in the Bible, for instance, in I think it's in Mark, they, they they were using the the solar way to tell time. Or excuse me, they they were using like the the meridian time that we do now, where you have like midnight and midday as the the basis of your time, as opposed to sunrise and sunset. So. It kind of illustrates that it's not necessarily something that we should get into, I guess, you know, maybe that was their goal, but we have authority over their, their works so we can put it under our feet and cancel their, their plan. And we don't have to worry about what they were originally planning. Right. Because it, it's not going to hinder our mission if we're, if we're going along with what God has told us to do, it's not going to
2: hinder us. Yeah, I, I agree, man. We yeah. stay kingdom. If we stay kingdom minded, uh, I agree, with brother Eric, man. If we stay kingdom minded, and, and yeah, you, you know, there's plots, plans, all that stuff with Freemasons and all the, all that stuff, you know. But I think if we stay kingdom minded, and you know, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be just front, just fine, you know. Also, too, man, you know, just looking at the Jewish roots, man, and the feast days, and and and. Uh, The feast, man, those are so important as well, because the feast points to the person, Jesus. You know, everything points back to Jesus. The whole Bible points to Jesus. I mean, if we just look at Adam, when God calls Adam to fall into a deep sleep, that represents the death of Christ. God opens the side of Adam that represents the wounds of Christ. God takes the bone from Adam that represents the bride of Christ. You know, all, everything speaks of Jesus. He is the lamb of God slain before the foundations of time. However, even in the old covenant, the Lord was always revealing himself through times and events that took place. With that said, I think it's, it's, it was, you know, even for me personally, and I, I pray to the Holy Spirit really quickens me on this later on, and I don't forget, to really just look at the feasts, man, and, and just, you know, to keep the feast. You know, one thing that one yeah. feast that Jesus did say to keep was the feast of unleavened bread, right? The breaking of the bread, the communion. He said, keep the feast, the feast of the Lord. Um, you know, there's power in that when we honor the feast, man. Uh, like harvest fest, we're coming up on harvest pretty soon. I know one particular ministry uh, that that does a harvest fest every year, and they celebrate harvest. They they celebrate harvest. You know, they celebrate not. I'm not talking about the legalistic Jewish uh, side of things, or, or or you know, as as the, as far as like the feast or, or trying to live by the law kind of thing. But I'm just talking about when we reverence the Lord, when it comes to feasts, man, I think there's power in that as well, you know. Yeah, and the the gospel
3: that I was thinking of is the gospel of John. So, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all refer to time the way that's just the Jewish way of telling time, where, you know, the first hour is going to be seven in the morning, an hour after sunrise. But in the gospel of John, it actually uses the Roman way of telling time, like we do now, where, you know, the first hour is going to be one in the morning the 10th hour is gonna be 10 in the morning. So that kind of shows us that whichever way of telling time or telling seasons we're operating in, we, we use the one that's gonna to illustrate to the people because the gospel of John is the gospel to all the world to show the, the divinity of Christ. So we, we use the method to operate that people are gonna understand. So if we go out and we're preaching the gospel and we're like saying stuff in like a time system that the people don't understand, we're going to be creating an extra block that they have to cross over in order to, to reach them.
5: Yeah, that's good. One Uh, of the James, this kind of ties in with what, what you were talking about. And I I shared a scripture from second Timothy, I don't know a week or so ago where it talks about um, soldiers don't get involved in civilian matters. Um, And it's, that's a good one. Yeah. And it's one of those things that God's really been putting on my heart a lot lately with, because I, I, I have always been, um, in, into the different, and I say conspiracy theories only because people understand what that is. But yeah. normally that's normally that just means things that are really going Unpopular. on that most people don't see. <laughs> yeah. That most people don't see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with with everything going on in our world, you know, whether it's politics, whether it's stuff with the military, you know, things going on in Afghanistan or with um, illegitimate presidents or whatever it might be, it God keeps showing me, yeah, all of these things might be true. But there's there's so much with the the narrative, you know, so much of what we see and hear that is narrative driven and if you see it on tv or you're hearing it you know through the news or radio or anything you're getting you're getting the perspective that they want you to hear they're getting you're getting the side of the story that they want you to hear and i i have no control over any of that stuff and for me to for me to occupy brain space with that for me to get involved with that is only distracting me from my sphere of influence, my you know, my metron—the word Jason used earlier—and it's, which I I, I kind of like that that word, and I've heard um, like Chris Valentin, he he likes to use that word, um, your metron, and so I, I I like that word, but it's it's one of those things where, back to cutting things out of our life, that it's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily bad to see the manipulation going on in the world or to understand that, yeah, a lot of the things people are believing and dealing with and and trying to figure out and talking about or they're worried about, yeah, there's deception. There's, There's a narrative that's being pushed and who knows what's going on behind the scenes, whatever. That doesn't affect me. And I can't really affect it. And the people that I'm supposed to go out and minister to, the people that God's going to put in my path every single day, that's, that's what I need to be concerned about. And if I focus on Jesus, if I focus on his word, if I stay close to him, I stay sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, none of that other stuff matters. It's going to happen. you know. With all of the stuff going on in Afghanistan, who, who knows? I don't know if any of what we're being told is true. And it, I mean, it matters because, yeah, people's lives are, you know, people are being killed. People are being persecuted. People are, there's probably, you know, um, military supplies and weapons that are somehow being left behind intentionally or unintentionally, whether it's out of neglect or whether it's out, whether it was on purpose or what, all of that. Oh yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm sure, I'm sure it was intentional, but what I'm, my point is we're being told five different things and it's probably a little bit of all of them and then stuff that we're not even being told. None of that affects me or the people who I'm going to see at the grocery store tomorrow. So I'm going to pray for exactly, exactly. Whereas before I was all into that stuff and the stuff, you know, exactly what James brought up earlier. Yeah and he knows more about a lot of the, the Freemasonry stuff and the, the Roman and Greek ties and all of that than I do. Um, but I know that there is a lot of occult stuff going on in our world. I know there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of manipulation. Um, I I can't do anything about that. And most people don't really care. What I need to focus on is being close to Jesus Sensitive to the Holy spirit walking next to him and being able to, to bring the kingdom with me wherever I go. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the, the verse you were talking about was second Timothy two, four, where it says no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may mm-hmm. please him who enlisted him as a soldier.
1: Yep.
3: So when, when all this stuff is happening in the world, that's one of the devil's traps to try to distract the, the soldiers of Christ and have them entangle themselves in the affairs of this life. And you're wise to not do that. You know, if something like this comes up, like a question about like Freemasons, a question about like, you know, you know, did they do it for this reason? Ask yourself, you know, how is, how does this affect my mission in Christ right now? How does it affect my, my purpose? And if the, the answer is it, it doesn't really change my purpose, don't, spend your time or don't spend your your brain power entertaining it that's my advice
5: yeah and that's and that's what it is and you know the that verse itself so uh, many many years ago um, I was taking a class actually Yvonne and I both were taking it and one of the classes was talking about your identity in Christ and there was an exercise at the end where we all prayed um, and asked God to to give us a name, like what, what is, what, you, or, or a word or something. I don't remember how it was worded. Um, but as we went through this exercise, I prayed and the the word that God spoke to me was warrior. And it was, I mean, it was real clear. Like we wrote it down. Everything it was real clear. It was warrior. And I was still really dealing with a lot of stuff in my life and for yeah me the way that the way that I do things I immediately went and got this massive tattoo that was a warrior tattoo and it's pretty it's pretty sweet I like it but I didn't feel like a warrior for the longest time up until very recently and he started showing me God started showing me how I was supposed to be a warrior for his kingdom how I was supposed to be that soldier and it ties in with this scripture and it ties in with a lot of stuff that we're, we are talking about as far as going out and being soldiers for Christ and the war that we're actually supposed to be fighting, which is the real one. Not the, you know, not the TV show battle that's going on, not the narrative driven battle that's going on, but the real one in the spiritual realm. Um, and it's, you know, it, it was a prophetic word from God that didn't come to pass for many years. And I've only recently started to step into that, um, but that that scripture has been one that I keep reminding myself of when whenever I start to get caught up, and it, it goes back to the the cutting things out of my life, you know, sanctifying myself um, just because it's you know it might be good, but it's not God thing. Um, where a lot of that was me wanting to know what was really happening in the, in the world, what was really going on behind the scenes, feeling like a special boy because I knew stuff that other people didn't know, or I saw, I saw things that other people didn't see or whatever. And it's like, that really doesn't, that really doesn't matter. And if they don't see it, me, you know, me talking about it a little bit for five or 10 minutes with them, they're not going to all of a sudden understand what's going on. They're not going to all of a sudden know the, you know, twenty hours of other things that I've been listening to for the past week, because I I pour a little bit of gravy on the conversation that we're having right then. Yeah, um, that's good. you know, and so it's like, yeah, James, like you, you know, a whole lot about this stuff. There's other things that you know that that I understand and I see and I feel like I know, but then you know, I've, half of that I probably don't. You know, it's it, we, sometimes we think we know stuff and we, we really don't, it doesn't even matter that much. Stay in the word and stay close to God and, and focus on the mission at hand, the one that matters. Yeah. That's what I keep trying to tell myself.
2: Yeah, I, I think that our primary focus right now in this hour should be harvest, man. You know, yep. more than anything, it should be harvest. It should be reaching people. And yes, man, you know, understanding Freemasonism, understanding the, the Gregorian calendar, all that stuff, man, that, that's a tool, you know, that's a tool to use for witnessing. Yeah, absolutely. I say that too. And it's a way to dismantle or, or reveal the enemy, absolutely. Because you can, like James, you know, James can, you know, you testify to this, brother. You know, I was working in a house recently. And man, when I met the lady, she was not attractive at all by no means, but I just felt like this heavy spirit of lust on me. And then after getting into her home, after she was going to work, I began to notice certain things in the house. And I was like, that's when I called James and I said, hey, man, is this witchcraft? Is this is this Wicca? Is this witchcraft going on in the house? and he's like whoops. yeah, it was he's like is this there is that there is this there and i was like yeah dude it's here and he goes yeah you're you're working in a witch's house and he said that's it that's that's why you wow. felt the warfare coming against your mind when you originally went and done the bit that's why you felt that stuff because it was wow. you know uh, spells been cast or whatever you know what i'm saying or spirits that are that are lingering lingering there but you know I'm thankful for my brother's insight that I can call him and say, "Hey, dude, what is this freaking symbol right here, man? Because I have no clue what that is." That's you know? good it's, stuff because I haven't really dived into that that area. You know what I mean? I uh, haven't really dived into that stream. So, know, I I'm think that's truly really
0: why we've been drawn together. Is because as where you have you and Eric and, and even and Joshua uh, are so tight in the word you know and like the things that that me and joshua may have stepped out into the world and and learned when we get together when we bring this all together it's kind of like voltron you know
3: like (laughs) it's like we body
0: yeah we form a, a a solid group that not only knows the evils of the world and knows the evils of of the enemy through scripture and through life experience in the world. And that that's a lot of things that people, a lot of preachers don't have that, you know, a lot of preachers just go off of, of what they've seen and what they've been taught. But when you have somebody as well versed as the two of you, and then, you know, the the other two guys that are the crazy conspiracy guys, it, it ties it all together and it makes it, it makes it where we we can expose more than what what somebody else can and then we got you guys to back it up scripturally and that to me is is the winning combo
5: it it does help so much to be well rounded in in all of these things in scripture. And there's a, there's a pastor who I love listening to and James, I shared him with you before they pulled yeah. him off of YouTube completely. Uh, pastor Dean Odle. Dean Odle. And yeah. Awesome. yeah and uh, sure I love listening. Yeah. I love listening to him for certain things. Uh, actually all of his stuff I love listening to, but um, you know, he talks about biblical cosmology and like real creation, but he ties in, you know, he ties in scripture with, um, you know, with things that you can go out and test and prove. And so when people bring up questions, you know, like what Jason asked you, Hey, what are these symbols? What is this? What is this? You had insight into that where, man, I see stuff and I'm, I'm like, I have no idea what this is. I would have no clue what it is. Um, as far as symbols or, or anything like that, just unless the Holy spirit just kind of downloads it to me and is like, Oh, this is this is something along these lines, I would have no idea. But if somebody comes along and questions, you know, like how am I supposed to believe the Bible when like the Bible talks about the earth is flat? Well, yeah, it does. And you can kind of prove that, you know, you can't, you, you have no evidence that it's a spinning ball and you can tie it in with scripture He's everywhere. About, it talks. Has,
3: has all those pictures.
5: Right, I know all those, all those paintings. All
3: those, um, before, yeah. Before we get too far moving to, to what you were saying, James, it's a it's a great point. It's backed up by scripture too. If you look in Second Corinthians two, the, the passage from like three to around eleven, I'll just skip to the end. This is where there's an offender in the church in sexual immorality and Paul explaining how to deal with them. This is when after they did that, the offender came and repented, and he's saying to forgive them. But the end of that passage, it's saying, I, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, and then verse 11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The, the implication there is if we were ignorant of his devices, Satan could take advantage of us. Oh, that's so good. By, by not being yeah. ignorant, that's how we can keep him from being able to take advantage of us.
5: Yeah, that's good stuff.
3: That is good.
5: Yeah. And it's the same way when it comes to, you know, like demonology and things like that. A lot of people try to, if you're teaching on deliverance or you're, you know, like Alexander Vergani and um, Isaiah Saldivar, they do a lot of really good teachings on uh, on demonology and people being demonized and this the specific things to look for and how to identify it, whatever, how to cast them out. Um, And some people will say that, you know, you're you're focusing too much on the enemy. You're glorifying him by talking about it, whatever. But it's exactly what Eric just said is, no, you just don't want to be ignorant to it because
0: Uh, an amount of exposing.
5: Exactly. Uh, Pastor, I
2: don't know if you guys have listened to him, but sometimes he'll be on Zoom call with Alexander and Isaiah Salvador. Uh, Who did pastor, you say, Pastor? Vlad. Vlad. Oh yeah, Vlad. Um, Vlad yeah, he's he, a... he is the bomb, man. He, yeah, he is the so word, and he's very well rehearsed in scripture and in like he actually has, uh, has, has a free Bible school online. I think Amazing. it's it's pretty awesome as well. So, uh, from the
4: basics to the most complex. Yeah,
2: from the basics to the most complex, and so uh, which is pretty awesome. So. If but you've got a good. link
5: on that, good Jason,
2: good share it to the group text, please. All right. I will. It. I will. I'll get Dana to, to send it to, you, please. send it to me and then we'll, I'll share it in the group text. But yeah, man. Piggyback. Awesome. Yeah. piggyback, back.
0: Piggy back. Well, brothers, it has been another awesome show. And, uh, it is getting late. I've got to get up at about 6.30 in the morning to get to church because Gavin caught a flat, so we're down a vehicle. Uh, but uh, I'd like to ask Brother Eric to, to pray us out tonight, if, if you wouldn't mind, Brother. I don't mind at all.
3: All right. First of all, Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us tonight. Yes. Thank you for being with us as we, as we minister and as we speak. Lord, thank you that you're speaking through us. Thank you for how you've manifested your presence in the the various ministries that we're participating in, Father. And thank you for guiding us to those ministries. Thank you that you have a perfect plan and a perfect will. And the Bible says that you'll, you'll reveal yourself to us when we abide in you, Lord. Thank you that as we abide in you and as we partake in you, Father, that you'll manifest yourself to us, Lord. Thank you for being with us in the week going forward. Thank you that as we minister at church tomorrow and at, at um in our circles i forgot the word you guys use but in our circles of influence and in this week coming forward you're going to speak through us so that we can as we speak it'll be your perfect and your Your perfect knowledge and will being spoken to the people we're ministering to their hearts will be touched and changed that they'll never be the same that they'll come to know you and they'll come to repentance and salvation that they'll come to reconciliation thinking that they'll be touched Thank you for being with us in this week going forward. Jesus'
0: name, amen. All right. Awesome. Uh, Pastor Jason, if you'd like to uh, put out there what you got going on this week, if anybody's interested in in, uh, following that on Facebook, go ahead and plug yourself there, brother.
2: Uh, Yeah, man. I'm thinking we may hit Atlanta again this Saturday. And we're coming up on September the 11th, which is 9-11 anniversary, guys. and Mm -hmm. So uh, that'll be on a Saturday as well. So I'm thinking maybe we may hit double up on Atlanta um, on on each one of those Saturdays. Okay. um, To kind of be downtown right in the midst of who knows what's going to go on on September the 11th. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll be downtown, uh, ministering this Saturday. Uh, I'm thinking about starting another outreach like twice a week instead of just doing one outreach every Saturday. I'm thinking about doing an, a midweek outreach as well. And so, I'm um, just kind of praying about it, kind of just laying it before the Lord to give, uh, insight on that. But I think that's pretty much all we got going on guys. Um, so but yeah, just be, you know, just be praying this week and interceding. And, uh, man, you, you guys know I'd love to have you out on the streets every single time. And it's always okay. a blessing to have you guys out there. And so,
5: um, looking, forward and looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. We won't be anything. going out of town. No, I mean, this coming Saturday, looks like that's what I got going on. We All won't right. be out of t- <laughs> we, we won't be out of town this week. But uh, hey, I, I shared the link for that um, for that thing that Pagani's doing uh, in the okay. group. It says it says Life Center Ministries. Um, I'd have to click on it to look at the dates again, but it um, I think it was September seventh through. Says okay, so it says September seventh. Through the eleventh, so I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what they got going on. I haven't looked at it. Yvonne found it when we were driving back, so I shared the link with you guys. Um, anybody awesome. who's listening who might be near Atlanta, um, it says at Brushfire Life Center Ministries dot um, Check it out. Yeah, it's going to be Pagani and quite a few other people. Uh, Apostle John Eckhart. Katie, oh Katie Souza, yeah.
2: <laughs> Bill
5: Hammond, uh, oh Alexander God. Pagani, Apostle Buddy Crum, Prophet Catherine Sykes, Apostle Don Wales, Prophet Pat Fraley, and Eric Etheridge. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, there's a couple
2: tickets? of heavy hitters in there. John Eckhart is freaking awesome, guys. Catherine's all the rage
5: right now. Okay. Catherine's all the rage, yeah.
2: Everybody's all
4: right. On. The modern katherine coleman everybody's saying oh, that she's really? the modern
2: day Catherine coleman so okay yeah it's
5: pretty
4: awesome
5: Word. well i uh, looking forward to that so out,
0: i think i'm gonna have jennifer uh go with me on that one too uh so let's see how big of a group we can get see what kind of discount we can get on that
5: yeah. oh that sounds good i'm gonna look at it later on but yeah i think that we should definitely do that since we have um since we got a nice little group of people here But it's uh, Mount Vernon Road, Dunwoody.
0: All right. So So. I'm going to go ahead and and give out some shameless plugs if you guys are listening right now. And I know right now I think it's uh, uh, our beautiful wives and Joanna, uh, who is always uh, on there. But uh, please follow us on Facebook. Uh, You can find uh, me on TikTok. Uh, I do uh, three-minute, one-minute sermons there as well uh, reading of the word, uh, follow Jason Pardue on Facebook for some of the best teaching midweek and throughout the week teaching that you can find, uh, whether it be dream interpretations to, uh, to the gifts of the spirit, to the Holy ghost, uh, whatever's laid on him that week, he, he gets it out there and he pushes it out. Uh, big T I love you, brother. I'm glad that you are, uh, you're pushing the ball further down the court. And, uh, you need to think about that—that uh, that, what you talked about, man. I've actually seen the angel above Jason because that is a gift that Absolutely. I have not awesome, obtained yet. And uh, just That's if you're listening, discerning spirits. Discerning
1: spirits. Okay,
0: and if you're uh, if you're listening and you enjoy uh, Christian content, uh, follow us on any one of those social media outlets. We do this show every saturday night at 8 30 p.m we run until about this time every night it's a lot of talking it's a lot of uh a lot of information and we enjoy when uh the crowd participates as well so any comments or questions that you have feel free to put them out there uh, as long as they're in uh with the topic that we're talking about even if it's out of topic but it's it's something that that is sensible, not, you know, just somebody getting on here just to make garbage and to interrupt the show, but, uh, something, something please, related to the faith. Yes, please, uh, please bring it out there. We'd love to have you on. And, uh, I'm going to start, uh, having, I've been talking to some people on, um, on social media outlets or these other ministers who are uh, who are doing pretty good on these other social media outlets and trying to bring them over to this as well. Uh, because this is fertile ground. There's not many people, not many believers doing what we're doing here, and uh, the more that we can push back the front line against the enemy. Against, I mean, you guys know you can you 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 flipped through this platform and heard all the garbage that's that's on here and what's considered entertainment from some of these um, these people who are hosting shows. So if we can get a good godly community built on this, and I, I ask that you too, anybody that you talk to throughout the week, you know tell them about this app and let's let's get everybody on here that we can and start doing godly community stuff
2: awesome yeah even right quick man i just want to throw this out there james if anybody's listening i just really feel like a word just dropped my spirit uh is if anybody's listening right now and you're fighting with uh bipolar if you're fighting with you're depressed one minute you're happy the next what i saw in the spirit is i saw the two faces, like, you know, the cholo gangster faces, the mask that's smiling, the mask that's frowning. I don't know what you call those, but one of you guys can tell me what you call them. But I sense uh, bipolar, a spirit of bipolar, like a spirit of depression. You're depressed one minute. You're happy the next minute. And it's just a, an attack against your emotions. So if that's you right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that root of bipolarism right now in jesus name i cast out every spirit of depression i serve an eviction notice on you right now in the name of jesus i command you to break off that person i command you to come off right now in jesus name the joy of the lord is your strength this is sustainable joy it's not the joy that fades it's the sustainable joy of the lord that is your strength And so I just lose the joy of the Lord right now in Jesus' name. And I speak healing to your emotions. I speak healing to your mind. I speak healing to the rim of the soul right now in the name of Jesus. And I come against every spirit of trauma that has attached itself to you as well. Uh, In Jesus' name, every spirit of trauma. Uh, maybe if if it's sexual, if it's, uh, abuse as, as a child or whatever it may be, I come against that spirit right now as well in the name of Jesus. And I break off that spirit of trauma Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen.
2: Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, all right,
0: brothers. So until next week, uh, we'll see Jason, uh, on Facebook. We'll all be watching that and sharing that. Uh, and again, if you guys pick up the tickety-tockety, look me up there, uh, Start spreading the word. Let's all just get out there and do kingdom work.
1: Hey, real quick yeah, before we go. Hey, Jason. Thank thank yeah. you for obeying the spirit, brother. Uh, yeah. That last one was for me, man. I've never really talked about that, but that spirit of being sexually abused as a child, that
2: was me, man. Awesome. Cool. Not awesome that it happened, but awesome that the Lord's highlighting that. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: because he's been wanting me to deal with it, but I haven't been able to open up and talk to anybody about it. So, well, we just deal with it
2: right now. We just serve that eviction notice right now, brother, in Jesus' name. We can't we cast out that spirit of trauma in the name of Jesus. We cast out all guilt. We cast out all shame right now. We cast out all condemnation right now, Father. I thank you for Uh, healing virtue in Travis, Lord. I thank you for healing virtue in his mind. I thank you for healing virtue in the realm of the soul of your tormenting spirit. I command you to come out right now in the name of Jesus. I cast you out in Jesus' name. I serve you in eviction notice. I command you to break off of him right now in Jesus' name, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation, no more guilt, no more shame, Lord. I thank you for supernatural identity, Lord. I thank you for that. Travis is going to just begin to begin to step into his identity this week, Lord. Even more so in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Also, pray a cleansing Amen. prayer over anyone who is Woo! listening or will be listening in the future, that any demon that has been cast off of us will not find a, a, a willing vessel to uh, occupy that that demon will go to dry places and that all that hear these words will be cleansed in the name of jesus the blood of jesus and a protection of the blood covenant is is applied to everyone who hears these words tonight who hears these words in a future play they will be protected and nothing can roost inside them in jesus name
2: in jesus name and healing in the lip noise i speak healing in anybody's lip noise right now in jesus name any problems Lord in God. your throat i speak healing in your lip noises right now in the name of Jesus, I command your throat to be healed uh, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. Yeah, Amen. All right. Yeah,
0: next week, 830. Anybody listening, we'll be back at 830 tomorrow. Or, uh, love you guys. Love you all, and I love those who are listening, and just please support good kingdom uh, communication and, and, and social media. Try to stay away from all the wicked stuff. I mean, we've got enough of it. He's trying to push us back into nothing but a structure, into a house, into a, a church. When we, the church, the, the body of Christ, have to get out and armor up and pick up that sword and, and chop off heads.
1: Soldier up.
0: That's it. Warriors. Okay.
1: Love you, brothers. Catch
5: you guys later. Love y'all. All nice right.